Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Riot Podcast intro. <laughs> what? What? Hey, is that count as like pulling back the curtain? It has a name. It's our it, intro. It's our intro. Well, <laughs> it's what it is. It's our introduction for today's spectacular show. Yes, we want to uh, to to start off today's show mm-hmm. by the same way we start off every show by letting you know what to expect. Yep, what's to come. So we brought in. Our show producer, Isaiah, what I, is... I think we're going to delegate each podcast intro. Yeah. So now Isaiah gets to do the rundown. So it's like every job we've had, well, we're just he, like, well, why doesn't Isaiah why try Why don't we have Isaiah yeah. do it instead of us? I think you're going to do a great job. Yeah, of course, of course. So on today's show, uh, we had another in-flight duct taping incident. Yes. yes we... Uh, we, this one, I think we had a, a little bit of a different reaction to than the first time. Oh, compared to the lady yeah, from before. Yeah, that we saw before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seemed that the, the uh, passengers did as well <laughs> on the flight. I just think, well, you'll hear it, but if there's anything else besides duct tape we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, it seems like we need to do stuff. Yeah, so. you know, like uh, maybe a burlap sack and I was and thinking like the, and, the big... Um, the big thing of bungee cords you can buy. Yeah. Just something like that. <laughs> zip ties. <laughs> oh, and... no, no, no zip ties. Come on. <laughs> I don't think that would be good. That's worse than duct tape. <laughs> we also talked about if you get COVID, you may not just lose a couple days of work. You're going to lose a couple IQ points as Actually, well. Actually, that's a good point. And uh, when I when I was reading the study at first, I kind of thought it was funny. But then you start reading it more. It's and worse. It, it is sad because, well, okay. Part of playing into this is the story is explaining why some research research has led them to believe that you may lose some of your intelligence. Uh, spoiler Especially alert. with long COVID. Yeah. Um, after you recover from coronavirus. But the story and the study, it's published on Mirror, which is a thing in the UK, which is another one that like you just don't know. Uh, it's kind of tabloidy. So mm-hmm. I was like, come on, they must be rep- misrepresenting this. But as you read into it more, I mean, it's just one study and it's not entirely complete. Even they admit that. But uh, it was kind of concerning. It, well, well, you'll hear about it. I'm glad I'm vaccinated. That's <laughs> what if the vaccination also causes. Are you causes... saying you have nothing else to lose? <laughs> I don't have to worry. I, th- I don't think, but maybe the vaccination also makes you dumber. We Just don't know. waiting on that study. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we also talked about how they aren't only trying to make me do the podcast intros, but also they're trying to give me a fixed toilet. <laughs> you weren't well. supposed to hear that part. I stood up. I said you shouldn't have to, but Hudson is just ready to literally give you everything. I am. Him. Yeah, because... Uh, <laughs> Which, well, by the way, you're just over th- in a few weeks, um, Hudson and Isaiah get to do a show together to, while I'm out one day. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's the ultimate one. <laughs> wow. That, get I ready did, for them. I can't wait. 
We're gonna. It's gonna be all guy talk. We'll save the. We're gonna uh, just talk about urinals. Rock around with our shirts off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> guy we'll save stuff. until then. All the building fixes. So I'll let you guys take care of it then. <laughs> well, it sounds like we've got a, a lot to get to well, in today's well, podcast. Enjoy the podcast today. Uh, thank you, Isaiah. Yeah. Hopefully, everybody has a wonderful day. And text and say hi at eight seven seven to Radio U and introduce yourself to Isaiah if you, as a podcast listener, have never said hi. And don't forget to rate review because we haven't gotten any new reviews in a couple days mm-hmm. we'd like to read them and also we'd like to review the reviews yeah right <laughs> and you're supposed to also subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe that's right drive Please us up do. the rankings have a great day it is the riot think of it as athleisure for your ears radio use worst of the riot podcast you might have thought we were done with cicadas, right? I, I hoped we were. I mean, These, there are still cicadas, though. Yeah, there's some that are that are just constantly around. They're basically. just a normal thing, but we, I don't I don't think we have the ones that were the every so many years. Yes, those seem to be all dead, but they've left behind something with them. <laughs> and that is... Baby ones? Uh, well, yeah, but that's not really anything to worry about. Have they risen from the dead? But what some people are noticing uh, in different areas where the cicadas happen to be, uh, particularly, say, Arlington County, Virginia, people are complaining that they're getting mysterious insect bites. Uh, it kind of starts out with a bump, maybe looking like a mosquito bite, but after time you realize it's not a mosquito bite because... What is uh, it? Little... It will expand more and you'll see kind of like blistering uh, welt type things around it. And it turns out the Arlington County Health Department, in this case, they say they don't know exactly what it is or they can't say for sure. Uh But they think it is a mite called pyamotes. What is that? Uh, Well, (laughs) they live in oak trees. And so with the cicada eggs... Uh, that I guess that means they may be dropping down out of the trees sure. in the eggs as the as the tree branches break off with the cicadas and uh, with the cicada eggs. So they are now finding them that they are biting people. Yeah. Uh, and that is an issue. I mean, they say it's not really serious. It's not uh, anything worse than a mosquito bite, except that it just stays a little longer and sure. looks a little nastier. And blisters, but that's yeah, fine. That's great. Yeah, but it's not going to really hurt, harm you any more than than your standard mosquito bite. It just looks pretty gross. I don't know, Hudson, will it? Because I think it's an inconvenience. It is an inconvenience. <laughs> but if you've ever gotten, I mean, you've been bit by, what What bit you the other day? It was uh, a, I got bit by, a, or I stung by a yellow jacket. And then what was it the week before? A, uh, a horse horse fly? flies before, yeah. A horse fly went after him twice. Yes. <laughs> It's like you need to be the one to watch out. I have got to watch out for these, uh, yeah, for these pyamotes. Oh, gross! So they're they're mites. Yeah, so they're microscopic, so you can't exactly avoid them. But their recommendation is, uh, well, avoid scratching it if you do get bitten, because that you know that just you irritates get infected, it. Yeah, and the same, uh, the same ways to avoid it applies as mosquitoes also where it's just uh wear stay long, inside yeah right don't even go out <laughs> just stay out of the woods and if you do go out in the woods you can roll up your socks over your pant legs oh and, and wear like long wear sleeves, long sleeves. Yeah. wonderful ideas yeah. wonderful <laughs> what would you rather do wear, roll your socks over your jeans uh-huh. or just stay in the house i'll stay in the house yeah i think For that's the better lots choice of reasons yeah. i'm staying in the house yeah we don't need the pyamotes <laughs> crawling up our Calling up our legs. I'm just kind of tired of every time. You know, I think 
we used to be more paranoid in the past and they go online, you do like mm-hmm. a search, be like, what is all this? Yeah. And it wasn't anything. Uh-huh. Now it's turning into something. <laughs> like, oh, these are these mites. Okay, you know, great. There, it actually is a problem. It's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> the this news story, in, like in the local Arlington area news, the it starts out with this woman. It's a mom. She's got five kids and she started noticing bites and she goes, I'm a mom of five kids, so I've seen every kind of bite there is. <laughs> and and this is different. That's and funny, then, I don't want to hear. But what she did first was <laughs> post it on Facebook. Uh-huh. And so 158 people at the time had commented. So it used to be you would go on WebMD and look up your symptoms and it would be, oh, you're going to die from your bug bite. Now, now it's Facebook telling you all the people are like. Well, none of us know what this is. You're going to die. You're going to die, too. Yeah, we've never seen anything like this. Oh, I love social media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the Worst of the Riot podcast. So did you see the viral video yesterday of the guy getting duct taped to his seat on the Frontier Airlines flight? Was he the one where he's like, my parents are billionaires or something? Right. And- <laughs> well, close. My parents are worth $2 million. To me, that sounded like billionaire. Yeah. And then everybody was like, not if you're flying Frontier. Yeah. They <laughs> must have cut him off. I know. Everybody was so mean about that. Poor Frontier is just like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, so the story... Story go and uh, the story goes. The guy's name is Maxwell Barry, which sounds like the name of somebody whose parents are worth two million dollars. Maxwell, and <laughs> he's he's giving Norwalk, Ohio, a good name because uh, that's where he's from. He allegedly, because we don't have this part caught on tape, but allegedly he like groped two of the female flight attendants and punched. A male flight attendant in the face. I'd only seen the video where he's just screaming yeah. in his seat. You just see the aftermath, but mm-hmm. this is what led up to that. He had, again, according to the report, he had two drinks, uh, you know, like alcoholic wise, and then spilled a drink on his shirt. And at that point, that's like, I guess, two drinks. Maybe he had. He might have had stuff before the flight. I mean, that's. It, there's no way. <laughs> If he's had only two drinks and he's acting this way, I'm either sure he he's has. a lot worse than than we're giving him credit for. You know what I mean? Like, no, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so well, he must also, have been pre-gaming, pre-flight he, his drinking. His pre-game might have include, um, you know, maybe, who knows? I know some people, if they take like a anti-anxiety medicine yeah, sure. or uh, a sleepy aid uh-huh. for a flight. And, you know, we'd be like, I'm going to take this with some water. Yeah. But maybe he was like, I'm going to take this with something else. Maybe he... Uh, We've he had, seen problems happen from mixing things. He had two drinks on the plane, and before that he had had three $28 Sam Adams beers in the <laughs> hey, terminal the beforehand. Uh, they dropped the price in yeah, to was- $18. <laughs> There's this whole big thing about that airline. Yeah, that Food was and drink. that was at LaGuardia <laughs> Airport. There was a somebody audited, like just posted a picture of the menu of one of the restaurants there, and they were charging twenty eight dollars for a beer and not even like some highfalutin. It was Sam Adams. So and so then they're like, no, it was supposed to be eighteen fifty. Like that's yeah. any better? Yeah. Really. Uh, so then, <laughs> anyways, apparently uh, he spilled when he spilled his drink. Uh, an attendant helped him get another shirt from his carry on luggage. He walked around for 15 minutes uh, before then this stuff with the female flight attendants allegedly happened and then punching another one. Uh, So they duct taped him. Yeah. So Um, after all that is said and done, this is when he comes in with 
where you see the video where he's cursing at people and saying, my parents are worth $2 million. Nobody wants to be near him. And finally, between, it looks like between flight attendants and some some of the passengers, they finally restrained him him and then duct taped him. Because it was a few weeks ago, the other lady got duct taped. Yeah. So they, I thought when I had first seen this that the crew got in trouble for... They were, uh, I don't know, fired or just reprimanded for duct taping him. They did get suspended, but Frontier is supporting them. And basically, it's almost like a little mini vacation they get because, you know, they still have to investigate and everything. But but I think, I don't think the the flight attendants are actually in trouble. It seems like on planes, we need to have something else Uh besides duct tape. Yeah. But still like rope. (laughs) (laughs) For if someone loses it, because what are you going to do? You can't let them walk around and hurt people. You got to restrain them to the seat. I remember uh, kind of because we did have that story about the duct taping woman on the on a previous flight a few weeks back and I bristled at that because mm-hmm. I was like come on is that really the best they can do but that didn't have video leading up to her getting duct taped <laughs> this one does this one it's like I mean what else are you supposed to do I know and, and honestly once you see it you're like I feel like it would be kind of satisfying to duct tape somebody to a chair one day. It's really hard. You can't reason with someone. And how hard is it to reason with them and ask them politely to sit in their seat when they're losing it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So for this one, uh, you felt bad for everybody. I just, I don't want to be on one of those flights. (laughs) Don't want to. (laughs) Don't want to Yeah, this would not be, uh, it would not be a relaxing, calm flight at all. Nope. And then everybody's on alert and you have to wait while they get them off the plane. It's it's really bad when, when. The rest of the passengers start cheering when, when you get duct taped. <laughs> Don't say we didn't warn you. This is the worst of the riot. Isaiah, the producer, Mr. News and Traffic, has joined us in the studio uh, because I want to hear about your experience last night at Dime a Dog Night. Ooh. Yeah. How many did you eat? I ate that's just, big just a simple five. Oh, just now a simple that's a good five. showing though still. I, that's what I thought. They they limit it to where you can only get five at a time. Ah. And I was only willing to wait in that line one time. Yeah. That's true. That's a that's, good point. Yeah, you're, you're like, you thought, oh, just your body keeping you from it. No, it's the lines. <laughs> Literally. A couple of my friends went back and, and got in line again. And I think one of my friends ate like 11 hot dogs or sure. something like that. So- but. Wait, 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 wait. So they ate 11. Does that mean they went once for five, then a second time <laughs> yes. for five, and then just for one? <laughs> they, they were they went back for that, that third five to try to get to 15, uh-huh. and they were only able to eat one. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so that, wait, did hot dogs go to waste then? Hot dogs went to waste oh on that one. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you Four know, you them. could bring them to the show the following yeah. morning. We're here. This is a tragic tragic story. I wasn't expecting Hudson it to take this hot turn. Dogs. But, but a dime a dog night, they make so many hot dogs uh-huh. that even when you're eating in them, you're like, these can't be that good. You know, like it's, <laughs> you're it's, not supposed to look into it. No, not at all. Like you're like, I just hope that these are cooked all the way. That's you've all got, you're hoping for. You've got to just smother it in as much ketchup and mustard as you Don't can they find. Also, like, do they make them in like the water bath way where it's just like boiling they in have water? To, right? yeah. They're definitely not grilled. No chance. They're, they're making like thousands of those <laughs> yeah. things. And just one big it's just, vat of hot it's dogs. It's a bathtub. Yes. Yeah, a bit. That's so gross. Sorry to anybody who's making the Diamond Dog yeah. Dogs and hey. the dogs anywhere. I'm sure they're wonderful. We've been there. I've been to Diamond Dog Night and it gets the job done. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, for 10 cents, you can't be too picky. <laughs> no. There's not many things you can eat for 10 cents that'll fill you up or 50 cents 
like if you get five. Well, so. that you're supposed to. That's not on recall or you know, just a warning with it. But once but. they recall those, the Diamond Dog hot dogs, it's already too late. How so. long was the line? Was it, it was long. Yeah. It was right when we walked in. We got there like probably like 15 minutes before the game started. And it was probably like a 15 minute line really? oh, yeah. immediately. And it just stayed steady. Throughout the entire game. Oh, people must, the workers must hate Diamond Dog. Oh my gosh. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure they do, but I wonder if you just get used to it because they do it all season long for the minor league team here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you need to find a friend then who hates baseball. Yes. Still wants to be with the friend yeah. group who doesn't, doesn't mind being the wait one in to line wait in the line. Time. Yes. And they're just going to get the five hot dogs every time and they just keep going every 15 minutes. But I want to hear, uh, you were telling me also about your friend. <laughs> they're starting a new job today. Yes. So my friend that ate 11 hot dogs last night is also starting a new job today. It's his first day in person. So I said, on today you're going to smell like hot dogs when you walk in there. Like, no doubt. You're going to be the new guy who just smells bad. <laughs> Why is it so salty in here? I know. You're like, does someone have hot dogs? Yes. But not grilled hot dogs. No. Like a hot dog bath. It smells like someone. <laughs> is, is there hot dog water somewhere around? Oh, he, he's one of those guys, too. It's like when he eats them, it just looks disgusting. Like, oh. we, he ate one and, and three bites, and then he went to two bites, and then I watched him eat one and one bite. Oh. And I didn't even want to see another hot dog. <laughs> Isaiah's friend, what are you doing? Yeah, I know, it was, it was terrible. He dipped one side in ketchup, the other side in mustard, and just wrapped it into his mouth, and I, I couldn't even watch the game what? after that. It was terrible. <laughs> well, what do you of- want to tell his boss, like, this is the type this, of guy he is? This guy, you need to get him out of here. <laughs> He'll know today when he shows up, he yeah. smells like hot dogs, ketchup, and mustard. mustard. I'm, trying <laughs> I'm trying to think what... A job, a job where if you ate eleven hot dogs the night before your first day, that would be a good thing. If you were at the like hot dog factory, <laughs> no, because then they'd be like, "This guy's gonna eat all the hot dogs off the line." Yes. Okay. If you if you worked at a a bun bakery, yeah, yeah. maybe that would be it. He fits right in. Oh, or or radio DJ. Those yeah. are the only, there it is. That's the option. Because if you look in the break room, uh, Hudson has a hot dog uh, like toaster. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think it's can, put away. I think you can use that if you want. I, I've also uh, got, gotten the reputation because I ate the eight hot uh, corn dogs yeah. at oh, Sonic the one time. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, well, you actually, it's worked out for me. Hudson, do you want a new friend? Do you want to yeah. meet Isaiah's yeah. friends? Well, Maybe there wouldn't be on enough hot dogs to go around for, for the both of us. <laughs> yes, if he, if he walked in today and smelled like hot dogs, you'd be like, all right, sounds like a pretty typical morning. Normal. A couple hot yeah. dogs in the morning. This is See, just what, what it smells like here. It's not weird here, but if you were in like a corporate job, that would be a little yeah. awkward. Yes. Your office job, not going to not well, gonna work out so what's well. What's also worse is if you've ever met somebody who's covering up something too, and so then they really smell like <laughs> yeah. all the alternatives, Yeah, and you're like, wow, what are you doing? Like, what did you do? And, and, then, it's, and then they find out it's hot. It's not a. It's not like his. He puts on so much cologne, yeah. and it's like overpowering. But it still mixes with the hot dog it smell. Is. It's, it's still there. Cologne, hot dog cologne. The riot isn't all bad, but this is the worst of the riot. Radio, you. I want Nikki to fill us in on the latest TikTok trend. Your TikTok. <laughs> Minute. Oh, the frozen honey one? Yeah. You haven't seen that? I haven't seen it until you just shared it with me. Well, it's been, um, well, I feel bad because a lot of times our news sites, they're always like, 
three or four weeks past well, the, when the trend is over. They have to make sure it's a, a, trend, a trend and not just a point. fad or something, you know? <laughs> so I have to have some staying power. It, I haven't seen it for a few on the For You page. Uh-huh. But yeah, I saw it. You um, you take honey and I think you mix it with something or you just put it like in a water bottle mm-hmm. and then you freeze it and then you can eat it. Um, and it's just got a little what different... Well, you what freeze you mean, it, and it? then then you squeeze the bottle, and uh-huh. it, it uh, it's more solid. So what, you're eating frozen. a whole, like a chunk of honey? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, can't you do are. that. Yeah, you can. That's horrible. Well, I mean. <laughs> it's not like, what what, what are that? we to say is horrible or uh, not? I mean, what did we you. We just d- talked about Diamond Dog Hot Dogs. Yeah, but that's not <laughs> just pure sugar, really. This is just frozen frozen honey. Yeah, but. Honey, honey is great in small doses, but I just think if you like straight up honey, <laughs> it would just be so sweet that I don't think you could handle it. Yeah, but with trends, you have half of the trend of people just basically faking that it tastes good uh-huh. to make it become a trend. Uh-huh. You know, like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And then you have the other half that's like, no, this is awful. <laughs> like, I can't eat it. Yeah. And then some people did like freezing uh, corn syrup. And, you know, like sometimes the candy that comes in tubes, like toothpaste tubes, uh, like the sour candies that come kind of oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. So then people were trying to freeze sour candies uh-huh. to see how it would be, too. Huh. That sounds, I'm not, I just don't think that that would be for me. Well, you don't need to. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pass on this trend. not into the trend anyway. I'm too, it's too sweet. It sounds like eating uh, cotton candy, which I also wouldn't do. Yeah. So, so this is just honey in a, uh, you freeze it in a water bottle and when you squeeze it out, that's, that's what you eat. What is, do you think there would be some health effects with that? Well, if you have honey in small doses, there's supposed to be health benefits, uh-huh. but we like to take everything to the extreme, <laughs> and I think it would be probably not really good for you, but it's it's nature's candy. What are you going to do? Uh, it's bees. Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> apparently, some dietitians don't like it. Uh, I, man, why do they... Again, I don't want to do this, and it seems disgusting to me, but... Oh, don't tell people that that's what it costs. What? <laughs> Did you see what it costs? Well, okay, I'll say it nicely. You know, uh, there's a number one and there's a number two. Uh-huh. If you have the awful version of number two, <laughs> that's what it causes you if you have too much honey. Oh, you mean diarrhea. Oh, don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. So the, uh, the side effect is if you try this TikTok trend, uh-huh. if you have too much honey like that, that's what happens to you because you, you won't feel very good. Why, does, why do they have to ruin everything? <laughs> you know? This is your body telling why? you you've had too much. This is the only way that news organizations know how to handle news is to take something and then tell us why it's bad. To make it... <laughs> Make it bad for everybody. It can't just be, this is the TikTok trend. It has to be, this is the TikTok trend, and this is why it's going to ruin everyone. So you can have that. You can have the D word. Uh, <laughs> stomach cramping, bloating, and other um, negative body problems. <laughs> what? Is this, is this true that about one in three people have dietary fructose intolerance? Well, I didn't know that. that you, means you don't know until you eat too much of it. It says that uh, you can't absorb fructose, which is a kind of sugar which causes gastrointestinal distress. So I guess if you eat a 
frozen honey, you've got a one in three chance Find out of finding out that them. you can't do that, and then you get uh, diarrhea. The definition of insanity is putting the riot on again and again and expecting a better result. It's the worst of the riot on Radio U. All the news lately, uh, like just for the last 24, 48 hours, something like that, it's either COVID stuff which we really don't want to get into that too much. It's too depressing. Although this is kind of depressing too. Uh, It's all airline news. Well, at first you think airline news is all still COVID related. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this, I mean, maybe has a... Not directly. Not directly, but um, this is making people really mad. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're one of the ones who've been affected by it, um, it seems like airlines are still having a lot of issues Mm -hmm. because flights are... I don't know if they would say they're back to normal. Yeah. Uh, in some cases, they said they're even more than what normally would be happening. Mm-hmm. But people are back to traveling and the airlines are not back to being able to let you travel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so Spirit Airlines is the one that's really in the crosshairs right now because they had to cancel a bunch of flights. And you're like, well, what's what else is new? Like That's just Spirit Airlines. Uh, but it's worse than normal. As of last night, they had canceled 60% of their <laughs> flights uh, for yesterday. So 400, 416 flights yeah, they canceled yesterday. I didn't even think they'd have that many flights. And yeah. the fact that that's only 60%. But they said that was their day scheduled uh, flights. And they had to cancel the 416 of them because of operational issues. Yeah, that's their excuse in quotes. Lies. And this has been now at least three days in a row where they've, they've been, been dealing with these and yeah of course people again if you've ever watched at the airport i've never flown spirit airlines Mm -hmm. but if you just watch that's the one where there's always people running around trying to get in line trying to you know is that the one where they're always fighting on the planes too uh yeah because it's very budget yeah and uh so yeah they they don't, they kind of attract the travelers that are trying to keep it a little cheaper. And so people, I think part of that is people are already on edge because yeah. they have no leg room, like even worse than a regular plane. That's true. They're really packed in. And so they're saying for this airline, for this issue, they are calling it staffing shortages, the weather and system outages. But if you've ever been a part of a plane being canceled, mm-hmm. it's frustrating because... You feel like you're being lied to for some reason. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes they don't have enough crew here or the time ran out and they mm-hmm. didn't have a plane ready. And right. then now they don't have a crew. Uh, the uh, other issue that a lot of people were talking about, too, is the airlines received a lot of money, bailout money. Yeah. We're talking, I thought it was into the billions. Uh-huh. And that was supposed to go towards staffing. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to go towards bringing Just anything to actually help the company be afloat. Yeah. But then and stay functioning. Yep. And people are like, well, wait a minute. You had all this money to bring back staff. Mm-hmm. Where's the staff at? Yeah. But then, then we've talked before. There's a lack of people who want to be pilots. Yeah. Uh, people who want to work in the airlines right now. Well. Um, so it doesn't seem like it's a simple issue to fix. Yeah. I guess uh, like with a lot of industries after the pandemic where you got some time maybe off from work, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't really like it that much. And, so and you people, can't zoom in your plane flight. Yeah, so. right. So. So people are like, I'm going to try. I'm not going to be a pilot anymore. I'm going to try woodworking or but something, you know, there's such a turnaround time. Like if you wanted to be a pilot, yeah. I don't think that's a for all the up and comers. That's going to take a ju- little bit of time. You don't want. I mean, maybe Spirit Airlines would, but you don't want somebody <laughs> to just uh, roll out of bed, come to flight school for a week and then 
pop them on the plane and put them in charge. But it's like a doctor. You have to put in so many hours. Yeah. So if so, they don't have the staff, that's the shortages part. Uh, but man, that doesn't help with people yeah. traveling and, and, and everybody getting mad. And it just comes back to my theory that more than any other industry, the airline industry just seems like somebody was forced to become the airline. You know, like it's not like Spirit Airlines started up there because they had a real vision and they know what they're doing. You know, it's like, we're going to change. We're going to provide a real good option for people. This is our strategy. It's just like somebody gave them a bunch of planes as a gift and they're like, we got to do something with them. So, let's, let's, you know? make, let's see how cheap we can run this. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a turnkey operation. We just, um, we have planes, we make money. That's how we do it. Doesn't well, matter. It's not just Spirit Airlines. There's been others that have canceled yeah but and there has 60% been 60 percent of flights yesterday that's a lot yeah and to be fair there's been a lot of weather you can't fake that that's real but uh still oh, i think they can <laughs> i think they're you think i think they'll they're find trying, a way they're putting any other excuse yeah. they can give besides well, we don't that's have a good point people. that's a good point but even <laughs> it's weather doesn't cancel cancel flights like that you still eventually get to fly but that's not really what's happening with Dude, spirit at the like, moment oh you can't see it down here but the weather up there is really bad yeah <laughs> trust the it's the instruments trust us yeah the instruments they're giving us real bad readings can't send you up. yep sorry the equivalent of someone's lint collection this is the worst of the riot podcast trying to shy away from covid talk because we just we like to have a good time here but I did think this study was very, very interesting. It involved uh, researchers from Imperial College in London, King's College, and the universities of Cambridge, Southampton. Am I saying that right? Southampton? Southampton. Yeah. And uh, the University of Chicago as well. They did a, a study on people uh, where they were handing out the Great British Intelligence Test. Oh, I almost thought you said the Bake Off. <laughs> Is there a new yeah. season? They were testing the Great British Bake, Bake Off. Off. They were seeing how well oh. people with COVID could do the Bake Off. Wow. Uh, no, they, <laughs> they did the Great British Intelligence Test, which <laughs> sounds like a fake thing, doesn't it? It does. It does not sound real, but I assure you it's real. And I think maybe that's just kind of, uh, well, maybe we're saying it wrong. Maybe it's because it's Great Britain. So maybe it's. Great British intelligent test. It's just the wrong emphasis, but it's still either way. That's what they called it. They handed this out to eighty-one over eighty-one thousand people to examine and rate their IQ. Among that number, about thirteen thousand of those people had been infected with COVID. Mm-hmm. And what, what, so going through their research, once the scientists factored in all the other factors, you know, age, language, education level, all that kind of stuff. They found that people recovering from COVID-19 had the biggest decline in IQ uh, and uh, and other things related to that, like basically brain activity. Well, why do they have to bring that up? Can't they just like not hurt people when they're down? Doesn't it feel like for a long time it's been like, if you don't care about the virus, you're just dumb. And And they were like kind of implying that. And now it's literally, if you don't care about the virus and you get it, you are dumb. They don't need to have a study to follow this up with, uh, like if this is accurate or not. Well, here's what, here's the, the situation. First of all, they found that in the worst instances, especially people who had been on a ventilator, but had survived, 
recorded a seven point drop on average in oh, their IQ, which is really sad. What a study we they didn't need to do. Yeah. <laughs> or at um, least they didn't need to publish its findings. But and so the reason the reason that or I guess the it ties into mm. people that have had long COVID a lot uh, of times report the brain fog. the brain fog. Yeah. Uh, where it's like you still just feel sure. off and you have difficulty concentrating and and uh you know Maybe I have brain fog right now. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had the virus, but they they have the difficulty finding the correct hey, words. This is just showing no one needs to feel bad. We all have that. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> so they think it's tied in with that, but they also say, and they want to make this clear, and so we should as well. This is you're not supposed to draw too many conclusions because this is just a uh, like intelligence test. Again, it's not. They haven't done brain imaging. Yeah. To so see. without that, it's really it's a study point. It's it's something, but it's not complete where you can really diagnose that, yeah, from COVID nineteen, absolutely people your are IQ you're, is Yeah, dropped. you're gonna drop your hey, IQ. How about we not do the brain scan thing uh, and just move on and not worry about no. it, guys? <laughs> are you saying this is a waste of taxpayer money, Nikki? <laughs> no, but I feel like that's not helpful to someone who's recovering. Yeah. Like don't worry about that. But Everything will be, be fine. Wouldn't that be helpful information to know before you get it that like Hey, to you think might, and worry about that? What? It's if it's something that could legitimately happen, you should worry about it. <laughs> I don't the, want to think The thing about is, that. I do hear like the most common thing you hear with the virus is, well, I'm 35 years old or yeah. you know, I'm going to be fine. Nobody dies when they're 35 years old and nobody even goes to the hospital. I mean, that might be true, but but we keep seeing these things as it does have long-term effects. Sure. And I mean, the virus has only been around so long, so you can only tell so much about the long-term effects, but you got to have more information. I tell it, you though, I feel like for everybody for all of us who spent all that time at home, yeah. I feel like my my IQ is yeah, right. dropped on its own. So, I don't want anybody to feel bad if you had had covid it is, be like, "Geez, that is a good I, point." I don't see that study, but I guarantee they, we're down a few points. They do say, like <laughs> I said, they they uh did this test for 81,000 people, only 13% or 13,000 had the virus. Yeah. The other, they didn't say their IQs did drop also it just might not have dropped as much you won't hear a show like this anywhere else and that's probably for the best the worst of the riot radio you birds stealing hair from other animals it is a actual phenomenon, and now, thanks to a giant waste of taxpayer money, we know a lot about it. Well, we welcome the information. Yeah, we wouldn't we, have known this without this study. Yeah, and it is it is funny because the study seems to amount to a lot of YouTube watching from... From, from this, people? Yeah, from these researchers. Uh, but let, let's start off here. Birds are known to use uh, to use hair from humans and other animals wherever they can get it. They will use it for their nest, but it was always thought that it was used either uh, that they were getting it from like carcasses or something like that. Oh, I never or, thought of that. Or just discarded hair, you yeah. know, like I was telling Hudson my like I have three dogs and when mm-hmm. they when my husband uh brushes their hair, yep. he does it outside and he just leaves it there uh-huh. and the birds will take it and they'll take it and build nests with it. Yeah. But I didn't think that birds were so dramatically like needing yeah. to be more aggressive to get hair for what they're using that they do this. Yeah. So they've 
say this is a research that was done by Jeffrey Brown, I think was the the head of the research. He's from the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. He's a natural resources and environmental sciences professor. And he had noticed that there was a titmouse that was carefully stealing tufts of hair from a sleeping raccoon. They'll take it off their body. Yeah, while they're sleeping. While, while they're alive. Yeah, not even while they're sleeping either, because once he started doing that, they started uh, like looking more into it, and they couldn't find a lot of other scientific papers about it, but what they did find was, if you look on YouTube, YouTube. they found <laughs> 99 instances of birds stealing hair off of live animals and some of the videos are great yeah (laughs) there's a video i was watching of this bird uh where it's still the raccoon is eating the bird keeps coming up to the raccoon's back it'll steal a bunch of hair pluck a bunch of hair out the raccoon will swat it away the bird walks away for a minute then comes back (laughs) and by the end it's got like this beak full of fur that it's plucked (laughs) off of the raccoon I don't. That's what they don't know. They haven't looked into it far enough yet, so they're going to need to waste more taxpayer money. Uh, more find, YouTube time. Yeah, spend more time figuring out why the birds do it, but they have uh, figured out that the birds are well, maybe indeed. this is a statement. So, like, they say that they'll use animal hair to, like, deter predators uh-huh. from the baby birds. Yeah. But maybe if it's, like, here, this is the raccoon hair that I plucked yeah. out of it while it was eating. And, yeah. <laughs> and then other raccoons won't, like, come bother because they're like, oh, this bird will pluck my hair out. <laughs> but I told Hudson he's got to keep his uh, hat on. So yes. His hair, that's right. Look at your I don't hair want birds coming. I mean, it's a it's long, luscious locks. It would make a great nest. I bet they would enjoy and it. And I don't want them to get involved with it, plucking it out. But, you know, it's funny. I actually have somebody I know. They got their hair cut where their hair was kind of long. Yeah. And so they wanted to do something with it, where like cutting all that hair off. But their hair wasn't quite long enough to do locks of love. Oh, so they couldn't donate it? So then they were like, but maybe I can put it out on my porch and have the birds come take it and make, make it for a nest. But they looked it up and it says you're not supposed to do that. Oh, God. There's and actually, uh, apparently, somebody online says don't put your hair out for birds. Is it human hair? Yeah. What I don't if, know if it's because it uh, It's could, so long, probably. Yeah, I don't know if it can, like, choke them or something. Imagine your neighbors are, like, people walking by, like, why is there this... <laughs> long thing of human hair outside your They're door. also like, why is there so much bird poop everywhere? Yeah. Oh, because this is the bird nest house. Look I, at all those beautiful bird nests. I don't think we should do that. So I'm glad it didn't work out, but yeah. that's nice to, oh, they should have just kept uh, growing it till you could donate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Or they could have just given it to the birds mm-hmm. and it would have been a good story and we just could have they could have contributed to this study a little bit, maybe. Well, no, not if it's bad for them, like human hair, because then you yeah. find out, like, why are there is <laughs> who's mysteriously killing all these local yeah. birds, and you didn't know it was you, the bird hair strangler. <laughs> There's no fresh by date because it was spoiled when they made it. Worst of the riot, radio you. <laughs> We've got a little situation here, Nikki. What happened? We're going to need to call someone. What do we have to do? Fix the urinal. <laughs> Is it in the boys' bathroom? Yeah. Well, something, it's not in the it, women's. Is something wrong? <laughs> Is it? Is it where it doesn't stop running? Yes, Didn't it's you guys doing say? that. It's doing that again. 
Uh-oh. Why, gonna be flooded. Why doesn't someone catch it? Or, <laughs> your is your urinal running? <laughs> Why doesn't someone go catch it? Okay, well, I, I don't know much, uh-huh. um, but is there something like you're supposed to wiggle or, um, you know, like, well, is there, is is a, there handle. a button or it's something? Not, it's not the automatic kind anymore. Uh, do you I, turn the water off or something? Uh, or? I've had to do that before. Yeah. You, you is go that find like restarting a, it? Uh, no, that's just turning it off. Well, no, you like rebooting your computer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just turn no, the water off. I think uh, you turn in the past. I've had this happen where I was the only person in the building mm-hmm. and I had I loved making the phone call to Chris. <laughs> hey, Chris, I don't want the building to be flooded tomorrow. Can it flood or does it just sound like it it's seems, running the whole time? It just it seems that it just keeps running and it, but it doesn't quite the water filters through just fast enough that it doesn't leak out of the urinal too much. But uh, and then also you get like, would you get a really high water bill? <laughs> Probably, yeah. So, Sorry, guys, we're gonna have to extend the radio you fundraiser, fundraiser because <laughs> to pay for the urinal water situation. So is this your way of telling Chris, who's probably right now driving into work? He might be uh, to go, let him know. I I just went right before we started talking, so I didn't have time to jiggle with it or anything. Sure, so yeah. I'm gonna have to go. Go take a look. It. Come on, get a YouTube video on. Wait, there. we have a producer. Go, I, don't Isaiah, ask Isaiah. Come on. I have that meeting after, like, Isaiah, no one said he'd have to do This is what he's here for, to deal with stuff. Our job is to talk, and his job is to deal. He's a fixer, is what Isaiah is. (laughs) He takes care of the problem. But but that's that's a building problem. Yeah. That's not a show problem. Well, it's a show problem if the building is flooded or if we can't go to the bathroom. We're not going to be flooded out of this room. I think it's fine. We'll put sandbags right out there. That's what people say at the beginning of a problem. And... The people, and then you don't heed the warnings, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> then we have a bigger problem. Yeah, we're just it's fine. The urinal will stop running eventually. Now, Mike just texted in. It says it's funny you say this. He was at Walmart a few days ago in the restroom, and uh-huh. they had a trash can under. <laughs> I hate saying it, the urinal, uh-huh. because it was pouring out of it. Oh no! <laughs> and so, that was their idea. That was it. That fixes <laughs> all right. I'll it. go get a trash can. Get one. And then Ours put is it under. Uh, pretty low to the ground. But then wait, wait. What happens when the trash can starts overflowing? It then doesn't have just, a drain? No, you pour that into the toilet, and then you just flush the toilet, and problem solved. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a big, uh, that's a lot of trouble for me to go through. Well, do Again, you want to fix the problem or not, Hudson? I would like Isaiah to go do all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Are you delegating? Is I, that the sign of a good we leader? We still have to be here to talk, so. I can excuse you for a moment if you need to go flush But if I have stuff. to continually dump the trash, the urinal trash can into the toilet... I'm going to be gone for a while. First off, it doesn't seem like you really want to fix this. You just want to talk about it. It is good content, (laughs) isn't it? <laughs> you're talking, you're not fixing. Second, it's not gushing out. Like, how often would we you We don't have know. To? I just flushed shortly before we started. Oh, gosh. What I, I could go <laughs> back in there. in there as soon as I'm done talking here. And... And it might be everywhere. Okay, well, it might be. And guess what? I'll let you go right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> going to go do a journal inspection. We would say rate and review the podcast. But uh, let's be honest. That would probably hurt more than hell. The worst of the Riot podcast. But all I know is my headphones are not. I'm not. I can't hear them. Well, okay. I'll just relay it to you then. What he was saying was he fixed the urinal for us. For you. For temporary. For us temporarily. For the building. It uh, it helps everyone that it's fixed. But he was saying that the gunk. There was some gunk stuck in the handle. Yes. And uh, 
that's the same kind of gunk that you could find because it's just from the hard water, I guess. I guess I don't you want to find the word that gunk. in the I you could find the gunk. gunk. It's the same kind of gunk that could build up in the sink, in the water fountain, in the ice maker. It's just <laughs> the regular water gunk. It's not exclusive to the urinal. <laughs> I just don't like it. Is that the handle you you flush with, or do you flush a urinal, or what do you do? Yeah, you flush it. Is we it- used to have an automatic flushing urinal, but I think that broke too often. <laughs> <laughs> So he had to switch to a manual. Oh, gosh. I don't think we should share this with everybody just to let them know. We used to have an automatic. Now we have to drive stick. So wait, is the automatic one, did that mean like if someone used the bathroom and stepped away, it would just always flush afterwards? uh Okay. Yeah. Well, that seems more modern than the, you uh, have to flush yourself. Technology is not infallible. And that one (laughs) often would start flushing while you were still standing in front of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had no idea. And, no idea. And then sometimes it just wouldn't flush, and sometimes it would do what this one is now doing, which is flush continually <laughs> without real running. reason. Yep. So, man, it's a hard life for for our, us men in the urinal. I feel like it's, uh, we have to, every person here at Radio U needs to have some sort of other thing that they know. Uh-huh. Like someone else has to know plumbing. Yeah. Someone needs to be like a doctor or a nurse. So yeah. like if someone gets sick, they can write a <laughs> prescription. Yeah. And someone else needs to do like uh, pet sitting. Yeah. <laughs> and so well, we need to have everybody be able to have an alternate thing so that when something comes up here at the building, yeah. we can call on that person. We need uh, like a lawyer. Somebody, oh, yeah, good that call. That would be helpful to yeah. have a lawyer. And uh, oh, we should get somebody that's a cook. Oh, the lawyer could be like the tax person also. Oh, yeah. And then someone with nutrition <laughs> <laughs> to help and tell us. And they could also do the food fight items. Yeah, yeah. A personal trainer, DJ <gasps> would good. be good. Oh, my gosh. These yeah. are great ideas. This so, would all be very helpful. So uh, all Radio U staff, we're going to need to go to school at night or yep. online during our uh, downtime. DeVry University. University or something. I don't know if that's still is that still a thing. Yeah, that's still a thing. No, it was always like the University of Phoenix. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was always the online. Now one. every university is like the University that's of Phoenix. True. That's so. true. Well, thank you, Chris, for fixing whatever was going yeah. on out there. I didn't want to go out and have uh water. Urinal water, Urinal water on your shoes. <laughs> and you not tell me it's from there. <laughs> I go home and I'm just getting like I just leave my shoes on on the couch or everywhere. If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the worst riot podcast. I was when I was a kid. I always had the impression you were told that if it was a thunderstorm, you had to turn off your video games because the lightning could come right through the controller and shock you. Oh, I always thought, too, like the TV. You should turn the TV off. Yeah. And you were supposed to unplug the TV. And eventually it was just like all elect, or if you followed that, yeah, you had to unplug all of your electronics. And it's like, wait, nobody's doing that. Well, no one's like, I mean, my phone, I don't think they can jump to my phone (laughs) and my my iPad. But back when like you were younger, though, when it was like you had to unplug all these things, nobody unplugged everything that they had. But if it struck your your house, like I remember yeah. our Radio U studios got struck by lightning. Uh-huh. It destroyed everything. Yeah, again. And it, it went through all the wires. But you can't just, every time there's a thunderstorm, like what are the odds? I think you just got to take your chances. You're going to, yeah, until you have to buy a new switch because it was in the dock. <laughs> like you're saying that now. Well, you get uh, <laughs> rental insurance for that. Oh, I don't think that works. Come on. You go to your rental insurance yeah. and you're like, 
Uh, my switch got destroyed. Anything, I was charging it. It was destroyed inside your apartment. Uh-huh. It's your property, and it was destroyed by uh, nature. Yeah, but so. you know, you pay for rental insurance, but you're not supposed to claim anything because then your price goes up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but small price to pay for a new switch. Well, yeah. I, well, wait until is it October when the new one comes? Yeah, out? then make then, your claim. Then make your claim and get the new one. But go ahead and pre-order. Yeah. So, uh, so I always thought. I never stopped playing video games when it thunderstormed. It was just like you took your chances. What are the odds of getting struck by lightning? Did it happen to somebody? It actually did. And just this weekend in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, it seems, there was a a guy playing video games. It was about 9.15 at night. He was playing. Now, this is important and maybe even obvious to some. He was playing with a corded controller. Oh, so that's why. the TV, they're not sure if the lightning struck his house or if it was somebody nearby, but it still went through the wiring and, and whatever. But it went into his home. It went through the TV and the video game console and through the wired controller and wound up shocking him. Uh, fortunately, he was okay. He didn't die, and he was actually well enough to call 911 right he, after it happened. He had to go to the hospital. Yeah, it was a pretty intense situation. So it's not just a myth. So so there's well, your lesson. Use a, a wireless controller. I know. We can still go. Okay, so flag on the play, though. Uh-huh. What if, because we read a lot of stories that aren't true. Uh-huh. What if this is like a way for your mom to get you to get off the game? That's, isn't that, that's what I always thought it was. So they float some of these stories out every so often yep. so they can say, no, look, we got to, we got to stop playing while the storm goes through. Yep. I just like the stories uh, that it's like, if you leave your laundry in the dryer, it can catch on fire. And <laughs> I've not heard that before. Uh, well, I've heard that. And it rhymes. Yeah, it actually does. <laughs> And that's just, I think that's always just a way of your mom being like, see, you can't just leave your laundry you gotta in there. You got to go deal with it. So. I just remember the, uh, you can't swim after you eat. Yeah. For that's some sort of another point. one. Yeah. And that was just to get you to have some downtime. All of these, all of these <laughs> times that your parents lied to you and we're, and we're still not not sure, no matter how much we grow up, if, if they were telling the truth or not. Well, in this case, it's good that if it was true, he's okay. Uh-huh. And this is the sign that you're supposed to get a wireless controller. Yeah, so that's really, right. you should go ask your mom, uh, even if you don't live at home, <laughs> that it'd be safer if you had yeah. one. So if you don't, if something happened, she'll get you one. Yep, exactly. Just for safety. The worst of the riot is over, but the fun can keep going. Hey, I saw you checking out my goods. Check the riot blog or stalk us on social media. You want to sample them? A little try before you buy, huh? Through riot.radiou.com. this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Introducing Low Cash Mode, available with Virtual Wallet from PNC Bank. The financial watchout that gives you multiple options and at least 24 hours to help avoid overdraft fees. 
Now through September 28th, earn up to $300 when you open and use a select new virtual wallet product. Simply establish a qualifying direct deposit. To learn more, visit a branch or pnc.com slash checking offer. Low cash mode is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. Virtual wallet is a registered trademark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank National Association member FDIC. to Assertion Failed Episode 9. This one's a special episode because this is actually going to be one of the first topics where I'm not going to be covering most of the content. It's going to be a little bit of a questionnaire interview kind of thing because I'm actually going to be joined by one of my good friends, Higgs. Higgs, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, T-Bone. How are you? Doing great. And uh, Higgs is actually um, an employee at ESL. I believe he works as... Uh, what's your exact title, Higgs? I'll be the mobile marketing manager. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so Higgs is a little bit more proficient in the mobile gaming space. The only um, actual experience that I would say that I personally have in mobile gaming is playing Genshin Impact and Wild Rift, so not exactly the most experienced, but I at least understand the idea of mobile gaming. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, mobile gaming, what what I really thought when I was writing down a lot of the plot for this episode was I thought about how mobile gaming for a long time it felt like there was a lot of different like games on phones, right? And especially like when iPhones and all these different kinds of Androids came out and Samsung made their phones. We've always had these like flashy little gimmicky apps, but we've never had games that are similar to the ones that they, they make in the East. And a lot of those games like are essentially like MMOs, RPGs, and even some MOBAs, I guess, nowadays. But between like the period of like 2006 to 2018, um, Like, Eastern countries, especially, like, China, Taiwan, Japan, have been making their apps for, like, a very, very long time. And I believe it's one of the highest-grossing industries, maybe a little bit less than, like, the regular esports industry, but it's been a huge one for a very long time. Um, So I did a little bit of research into this, and a lot of the cultural implication for why it's so big in China versus the West is because in China, a lot of the smartphones that they have are way cheaper than regular PCs, and you end up actually having to commute a lot to different places for work and school because a, a, way, a lot of the way that the cities and places are structured is actually such that you end up going on trains and stations um, for commute to different places. So you end up just being on your phone a lot of the time, which I also thought was one of the things that you know, interested me because there actually are a lot of different cities, at least I think, in the U.S. where that actually could be a very much possibility where you could be like, hey, you have... 30 to 60 minutes, why not play Pokemon Go or Pokemon Unite on your phone? So I guess the first thing, Higgs, I wanted to ask you is where where exactly do you see mobile gaming in the West currently? Why is it not as popular, as promoted as just regular gaming in general? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what a lot of, you know, U.S. companies are kind of trying to understand as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I would argue that, like you said, I mean, in China and India, right, the access to phones is just so much higher in that sense. Yeah. Whereas, you know, PC parts and consoles, definitely not so much. Um, so I think that overall, like, given that as, as itself, right, these people have tons of smartphones that can run all these titles that, you know, Tencent or Garena are pumping out. And I mean, in their minds, you know, mobile games are the same as PC games or console games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that 
as far as the U.S. goes, I mean, we have strong roots, but it's definitely more casual. And I guess like mobile esports, you know, hasn't really been a thing for a long time in North America. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think in like two to three years, NA might catch up and become more mobile friendly than it is now for sure. But I mean, it remains to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that another thing that really like develops for people wanting to invest into that kind of thing is itself like capital and viewership, which obviously like we could even go way back to like the 90s, right? When StarCraft was the big game and there were a lot of other games similar to it. But like in Korea, StarCraft was literally, you know, televised on national television and people saw these Korean superstars as kind of the way that we see NFL or NBA athletes in our own culture. So a lot of that implication definitely has to do with just like how it's seen in different uh, countries. But what I find interesting in general and kind of what at least I was personally hinting at is like what I think about what I was playing on my phone five or six years ago, it was, you know, like stupid games, right? Like Candy Crush, like 2D side scrollers. But now there's actual games that like you feel enticed to actually get on your phone. And even though there's like physical limitations and stuff, um, I think that like games such as like Wild Rift, like I said before, and Genshin Impact, especially both of those games rise in the West, I, I actually feel like there's like huge potential for it. Um, I guess I was going to ask this question a little bit later, but this probably um, this probably like coincides with that that exact inquiry that I want to ask. Is there any existing barriers that you perceive that could be you know holding back the development of this space currently? Um, I mean, I think that it's a lot of how the customer is reached. I think a lot of the consumers of mobile games in our culture are younger, for sure. Because, I mean, think about it, like, you know, back in the day, you know, tablets and phones weren't given to kids, right? But now they are. Right, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, like, you got to think about that, right? It's super strange. And I think that, you know, these people don't have social media. They don't, you know, typically go on, like, you know, Twitch, right, for example, all of like their communication is going to be on different platforms that like maybe companies don't quite understand or know how to use properly. Um, and so I guess to your point, I think it's just a matter of time mm -hmm. more than anything else. I think that, you know, with these, these younger demographics kind of growing up, so to speak, right. It's, it just takes time. Like, I mean, look at, look at old school CS and Starcraft, like you mentioned, right. Mm -hmm. Like it took time for those roots to be built and it was definitely not all at once. And I think what we're seeing now in the mobile space is, hey, there is viewership. Hey, there is like tons of engagement, tons of downloads, tons of money. But now it's a question of like, can esports exist in like North America? Because we're seeing it work out just fine in APAC. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like Arena Free Fire World had like insane, like hundreds, I think it was hundreds of millions of people watching it at oh, some wow. point. So like, yeah, it's different. The potential is there 100%. It's just a matter of when for North America and how companies decide to pivot to this younger demographic. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to ask about, about that, especially, I don't know how much of a numbers guy you are when it comes to these kind of things, but I really like looking at numbers in terms of like just plain old viewership statistics, not even just like revenue and stuff like that, because that can kind of be kind of jarring to look at, you know, like all sorts of different things can get mm -hmm. revenue for whatever reason. And that doesn't really necessarily correlate popularity. But one thing that I found really interesting was, I think the like annual review for 2020, the like number one most viewed game was a mobile game, and obviously that's like globalized, right? So it's including the West and the East. Um, mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, do you see any sort of like disparity between 
um, like potential viewership and the amount of money like certain companies such as ESL or any of the companies you're familiar with, do they do they actually like invest a lot of money into mobile gaming or is it just like a lack of viewership? Hmm. I think that if you're trying to live broadcast to mobile uh, individuals without you know any kind of in-game support, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that you know in-game promotion is probably the strongest driver of mobile esports. And if you can like even watch it like in-game, like have like a you know like an embed or something, that's even better. Um, so I guess yeah, there is a, there is a pretty big disparity from live content to vod content. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to touch on is. I think it's, you know, a matter of what channels work best to reach these audiences. Mobile gaming is not on Twitch. Like, as much as the platform, you know, might want to expand into it, their audience is just not there. It's all on YouTube. It's all on TikTok. It's all on Instagram. It's it's definitely more about where they consume the content and then also how they interact with it. You know, younger individuals, you know, not to make a generalization, but they have a shorter attention span. They want things to grip them and then they'll watch. So it's a lot of YouTube shorts. It's a lot of reels, a lot of TikToks. Um, it's usually purely game focused and casual, more about like the limits and the testing inside the mobile game itself versus the competitive nature. However, it the competitive side is enticing to them, but there aren't a lot of like those tournaments happening necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest ones that I can call out is actually Clash of Clans. Mm-hmm, right. I think that the game you know, roughly the past three years kind of revitalized itself. It has a very, very strong esports space now, especially in Europe. And it's also growing in North America as well. Um, and I think that's like just something really interesting to see how, you know, this one game we played in high school, for example, like you and I probably did, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Is now actually growing as an esport and as a game due to its competitive side. And I think we're going to see more mobile games kind of go that route where it's like casual at first and then get competitive. Right. Just because the audiences are growing up. What what does the scale look like for those kind of tournaments currently? Like, what are the exact like uh, like numbers in terms of like prize buyout and things like that? Um. Well, I know here in at ESL, for example, let me just pull that up. I wasn't prepared for this question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the meantime, I know that it's kind of an intensive from the publisher side. They they push their own world championship, right? Mm-hmm, um, right. And there's hundreds of thousands of dollars for in the, in the prize pool itself, and definitely like you know five digits minimum for the winner of that. Um, and then here in ESL, for example, if you qualify into our challenge league, which is where the best teams in each region come together, the first place prize winner will win eighteen grand. Yeah, that's still pretty good. I mean, um, especially if like the the growth of mobile. What I what I really find interesting is that you know like every single industry itself has to scale in a, a reasonable way right it's not like the first international came out where it was like a million dollars and then every single esport shifted and they were just like oh we need millions and millions of dollars for a tournament like there was there was natural growth to every esport so that actually makes a lot of sense um yeah but i, I find that interesting mostly because like i feel like the viewership numbers um I, it wasn't it didn't occur to me actually until you mentioned the fact that mobile game is on twitch that there definitely does seem like there's probably things holding back like like the inclusion of twitch um and other platforms just people like not being aware of um the presence of mobile gaming and its competitive factors Um, one thing i'd definitely like to see mobile gaming developers do if they're trying to promote their game especially which i think 
like what CS and League of Legends has done pretty well is just advertising it very, very heavily on their main menu. I would really love to see. I don't know exactly know, you know, like if they already do that or not. I'm not too big into certain mobile games, but um, I, I definitely feel like that's one of the ways that, you know, they could definitely gear towards their marketing because, you know, everybody is going to go to the main menu and look at different things. And maybe they don't care so much about the exact competitive side, but just seeing the game played in general seems like it'd be really fun. No, yeah, and I mean, you hit it right on, like, the nail on the head here. Um, so, for example, uh, we have our Clash of Clans AS Mobile Challenge Finals happening here on Thursday. Um, and Europe had theirs last weekend. And with the with the help of the publisher, they put our event in-game. So it's like a link to YouTube, right? Yeah. And on our live stream, we had 154,000 views. Um, oh, nice. Just from, like, having in-game promo for, like, you know, four hours or so. Yeah. And so it, it is it is there. Like I said, it's it, it's all within the in-game part of it. Like, how easy is it for the consumer to then get to the stream if they had no prior knowledge of it? And yep. So um, one of the things that I'm seeing recently in terms of um, just broad speculation from my end is that people are looking to invest into the scene. Specifically, I think there's certain brands that are definitely like pivoting towards mobile gaming. I just don't mm -hmm. understand, or I guess I just don't know exactly like what that, um, like what that looks like in terms of the scaling. Right. So I was asking earlier about how that scale looks like in terms of the price pool. Cause I was trying to get a grasp of just like how much is on the line currently, how much is being invested. So like we just got wild rift and they released their statistics for the past, I think six months or something it is grossing insanely um tft and lor respectively are doing you know like around 10 15 million they're doing like 80 million it's crazy the amount of sales that they're doing for that game already so and then they actually announced they're going to um try to pursue like mobile valorant and even mobile apex i'm sure as you're aware um where, where does that set it up in terms of being you know close to the same tier for regular esports like what does that scale look like in your opinion for the next two to three years um, I mean, I think it just depends upon how the games play. Um, mm -hmm. Almost as, I mean, that's like probably the number one most important thing. Like for a game to become competitive, it has to feel good to the user to play and feel rewarding. So as far as speculation goes, if the games are made, you know, let's say like a six or seven out of 10 on the scale, I think that it's probably two to three years to where the point NA might become a little more open to the idea of mobile esports mm -hmm. as it is. Yeah, that definitely um, makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, I remember especially one of the only complaints I had when it came to Wild Drift was just learning the controls felt a little clunky at times. But um, it, it, I think that it's probably something where, like, if you're into mobile gaming for a while, you're kind of used to the controls. Or, like, I don't know, if you're good at texting, <laughs> some, <laughs> some of those can definitely translate into just being kind of used to playing um, on your phone. And I, I, I even know that, like, there's certain companies like NVIDIA and others who do, like, attachments to your phone so you, you can play kind of like a controller stuff like that i would definitely love to see more developments of that so that it kind of like you know broadens the horizon for people to kind of try to play on mobile and you know not feel so finicky with it yeah for sure bridge the gap yeah um i guess the next thing i want to go into is i feel like tencent is this like giant in the industry right just in general for gaming but especially mobile gaming, because from what I understand, Tencent has um, pretty pretty huge roots into not only most of the mobile games in China, but al also a lot of the games they're 
eventually you know like coming over to the west and genshin impact of course is one of the ones as well as league of legends where you know we we see the the popularity just skyrocketing heavily there i kind of want to know um if you have any insight on other other companies other than like these chinese giants that are putting money into or developing um like mobile titles yeah i mean some u.s companies that i can name at the top of my head are ea sport like ea electronic arts mm-hmm. they're trying to invest in more casual games like you know like their madden games Bro, or their okay, nba games cool. for example um i mean even like niantic the google-based pokemon go platform they're creating a harry potter mobile game oh and i think the u.s has never really struggled with creating like casual mobile games that are fun but as far as ones that can be you know monetized into an esport that's kind of what we're lacking in and I think that Activision Blizzard, you know, might actually have a chance with COD Mobile, but it, we've yet to see, you know, any kind of major esports announcements on that front. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll find out eventually, but just for now, we don't we don't know yet. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense because uh, obviously, like COD Mobile is definitely the one that comes to mind. Besides just like the MMOs that I've referenced, because I feel like I always hear about how popular those are, like how many people are playing them, how many people are putting money into them. And I guess maybe the question the developers are trying to figure out is like what that scaling looks like for them and like how the investment structure looks like because they're they're just kind of unsure because a lot of that potential maybe has been untapped. So that's really interesting. And I'm definitely going to, I'm looking forward to seeing, yeah, like what some of those companies are doing. I know personally, I've been going back to Pokemon Go a little bit myself because it's been really fun. You know, just going on a walk and then just, you know, casually pulling up the game for a couple minutes. It's one of those things that just feels like really simple and easy to do. Um, uh, I, I forget if there was anything else I was going to add on to that, but I wanted to see if you had any concluding remarks. Um, I know you're going to L.A. tomorrow, actually, for, I believe, a company meeting, something similar to that. Um, how has working at ESL been? I mean, honestly, it's it's been kind of like a fever dream in a way yeah (laughs) it's 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 strange because you know i actually was interviewing for a position at immortals gaming club and then the recruiter who found me for that job was like hey like you know you might not have gotten the imt job but here's like i'll connect you with one of my buddies here at esl um and you can interview with them and i was like okay sure why not um and so then i went on into that uh things went super well and i got hired as you know just like an external guy right someone who was just doing social media on the side yeah but then transitioned to full-time within four weeks of being a freelancer for them um and apparently that was unheard of so it's kind of cool yeah and that that definitely feels like uh sorry to cut you off that definitely feels like exactly what you said a fever dream but i'm sure many of the listeners who are in in and outside the esports space like if they got that opportunity i know for sure, they'd be, they'd be spearheading to get any involvement in that kind of company, especially. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And I think it was it was really funny because, believe it or not, I was not proficient in mobile games at all uh, until I started working at ESL back in like <laughs> yeah. the end of March. So like, I mean, the mobile program is home here at ESL, and I just wanted to shout out the whole team there, um, the community managers at Supercell for being awesome. Um, and yeah, it's been an awesome experience overall. Sweet, sweet. All right. Well, I think that that definitely wraps up everything I wanted to say. Um, do you have anything else you would like to add on top of the regards you said to ESL or mobile gaming for what we might be able to see from um, some of these tournaments or anything coming up in the next four months? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I think my, my number one statement is don't knock it till you try it. I think that mobile gaming, while it has a long way to go in North America, I've never seen a more impassioned community as a whole. They're not like game specific in terms of like their love. It's more towards mobile gaming as a whole because it just brings everyone together. Um, and as far as like what else and what's upcoming, highly recommend checking out any kind of the ESL mobile broadcasts that are coming up here in August. Uh, you can just find us at, you know, YouTube, ESL mobile, super easy. Um, and yeah, hope to see you guys, you know, playing some mobile games soon. Sweet. I- I'm definitely going to have it over and check that out myself. And to all the viewers, you know, unlike PC, where a lot of the, the argument is I-, I-, I can't afford a PC, y'all own phones, so you have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, to quote a certain, you know, former Blizzard exec, y'all have phones, don't you? <laughs> all right, awesome. Well, Higgs, thanks so much for taking some time to come on this podcast. This is literally the first time i've had someone on this podcast before i'm not an interview kind of person but pretty happy of how this turned out um thanks everybody for watching episode nine be sure to check out my preview for episode 10 that i'm going to post on social um sometime this weekend it's going to be a really awesome one um and uh yeah have a good one Let's get it. The Suicide Squad is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. You don't know Squad. The director of Guardians of the Galaxy has redefined the superhero blockbuster again. Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times says the Suicide Squad is a wickedly funny, hyper-crazy, and stylized thrill ride. What was that? It's absolutely fantastically bonkers. Don't let's show off. That's what they're showing off as dope as the Suicide Squad. Tomorrow in theaters and on HBO Max. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at Zenni.com. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. And hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 712 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show, covering all the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation until they announce things that we then have to catch up with next week. But it happens anyway. Uh, I, of course, am am your host for this week. Uh, Lucy O'Brien is currently still off in New Zealand. I assume hanging out in Hobbiton, as everyone does when they go to New Zealand, even if they're from there. Uh, Max, meanwhile, is hanging out on Dagobah, naturally, learning from a Jedi Master, and Brian is making his way through Italy trying to find the perfect pizza recipe, but we still have an amazing show for you this week. I'm joined by Mark Medina. Hello. Yeah, I just realized this cast is... <laughs> We've assembled a cast of characters, haven't we? I mean, I, I'm including myself. This is... this. I'm with two people I've never podcasted with. This is great. 
Look, you're one half of the carpool crew, but uh, I think <laughs> even without the other half, I'm, I'm really excited to have you back on this week. Uh, we're also joined for the first time on Beyond by Taylor Lyles. Taylor, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I just realized I, I wear glasses, but I put my contacts in right before we started recording. And now I feel like the odd person out because I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> well, <laughs> our, my contacts. Our, our fourth cast member, Tom Marks, is also not wearing glasses unless he puts them on midway through the show just to surprise us all. No, I won't. Hello, though. Fair enough. Hello, Tom. Good. Good to have you with us as well this week. Uh, of course, you know, before before the show started recording, I do need to warn everyone, of course, uh, we were heavy into PC gaming talk. So I don't know what's going to happen from here. Uh, you know, I'm a little concerned this is going to become the PC cast. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm probably not going to talk too much about the Steam Deck, but you never know with with this wonderful crew. But no, I'm, I'm excited to get into. We have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, just a very quick update that I put into the run of show before we start recording, uh, because of course, PlayStation dropped a little bit of news, uh, this Wednesday morning as we're recording today, uh, confirming the Ghost of Tsushima Legends, uh, new content that'll be coming with the director's cut, which is out on August 20th. Uh, so there'll be a new mode where essentially two teams of two are competing to fight against different uh, waves of enemies, uh, and sort of, they're sort of competing against each other, but not fighting each other directly uh there's a few other updates about uh new additions uh to legends mode some cosmetic additions uh, a new difficulty for the raid i believe uh and also the fact that they are going to make legends available standalone on both ps4 and ps5 for 20 dollars uh starting on september 3rd um this is of course uh previously been available for free to all ghost of tsushima owners and will still be the case with uh, the director's cut and going forward if you have ghost of tsushima you get access to legends uh but you can also purchase it standalone if you're not interested in one of the best open world games of the last generation but if you're not you can still get their really cool uh multiplayer experience i actually don't know if if any of the three of you have played much of legends i personally haven't as well i'm i uh andrew gofar please don't be mad at me uh out there but uh, i'll get to it when the director's cut is out uh but i think it's really cool to continue seeing uh the support that they've shown for this mode uh for something that uh this is uh excuse me sucker punch's first multiplayer mode really uh so to see them really dive in to give this much support for it to continue to be supported like this i think is a really really cool move on their part and uh, is really exciting to me. I don't know if any of you are Legends fans, Tom. Uh, I, I've played a little bit of it, not a ton, but I, I have played a little bit of it. And it is really cool. It, you know, th this sort of thing reminds me. I really like what's happened here because it reminds me of like. It's kind of the antithesis of, a, of the way a lot of multiplayer games get made nowadays, where like a developer just is like, hey, we need a multiplayer thing where we need to compete with Overwatch or whatever the case may be and just sort of like shoves this thing out on people. Whereas this was like the flip of it where it was like an already fantastic single player game just got like a free update that added a mode that was sort of its own thing and people were so into it that they now are saying, oh, okay, so if you are only interested in this, we can let you buy it separately. I think that's like, it feels more natural. It feels more like it's catering to what people are actually interested in and want rather than just saying, here's this thing that you're going to like. Like if they had just like released this for $20 at the alongside the original game, I don't think it would be nearly as interesting or as successful as it is this way where it's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. An audience kind of formed for this. And now they're catering to that audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to add on that, like 
So I just looked, and Ghost of Tsushima is still forty dollars uh, new at most places, and so it's like, you know, for to to be able to buy if you want if you have a friend that is just like, hey, we want you to play this online mode with us, twenty bucks. That's that's not overly expensive, I don't think. I think for twenty dollars more, you can get the full game, but you know, <laughs> you know, that's fine. Uh, but it's something uh, Red Dead did recently as well, where they spun off their Red Dead Online. You can get Red Dead Online. I think it's like five dollars, or it's free. I can't remember. Um, but it's I like take a look just just to get people in to their online modes. They're like, hey, we'll just spin this off, and it'll be cheaper. Um, I think that's cool. I think eventually the game you could probably find a physical copy of the game for around 20 bucks it probably won't well it'll probably be a lot longer now now that it's coming out for ps5 so the prices will probably hold for a little bit um but uh yeah i think it's super cool if i've also never played the mode so but everyone who has played it seems to like it a lot it is surprisingly robust is is kind of the big takeaway from it it's not just like a like them selling it for 20 dollars is not like a surprising thing to me in terms of like what is available that makes sense Hmm. Yeah, and and they were adding uh, content after they dropped it, like a raid and and some new stuff as well. So it, yeah. it's really cool to see. By the way, I I looked it up and I did have to lie to Steam and tell them I was born in 1923. Sure. Uh, but Red Dead Online is currently available for twenty dollars. Uh, the five dollar thing was an introductory price. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah. still, yeah. but the Rockstar comparison is a really good one because it does yeah. have hints of Red Dead Online and GTA Online, which is now you know more popular than GTA Five. <laughs> Yeah, and not to mention, too, like, when they re-release it on Xbox Series X and S and PS5, they're also going to do that standalone release for GTA Online. So I think that's actually a really good comparison. But, yeah, I I just feel that with the way that those have done pretty well as their own, it's not surprising to me that that Ghost of Tsushima is having its own kind of, like, standalone release for that feature. So. Yeah, and it's a cool precedent to see because uh, obviously, you know, with The Last of Us Part 2, there was an expectation for a while that uh, Factions or whatever Factions becomes was going to launch with the game. And then Naughty Dog announced that that was delayed and not going to be part of the full release, but that they were still working on a multiplayer thing. Uh, I think the success of Legends shows that a thing like Factions could probably stand on its own as well. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Factions comes alongside whatever Last of Us Part 2 director's cut ends up probably happening at some point. But uh, that the original factions was robust enough, I think, to be spun off as its own multiplayer thing. So I, I could see potentially uh, a similar case there with something like that. But it, it's really cool to see, especially with, uh, you know, I think when we talk about PlayStation first party studios, multiplayer is not often a thing we currently associate with them. There's obviously been huge multiplayer experiences in the past. Uh, SOCOM and, and uh, you know, Gran Turismo multiplayer and so many other things, of course, who could forget MAG. Uh, but you know, it, it's cool to see them moving in a new direction with a little bit more multiplayer like this. So I'm I'm really excited to see it. I'm I'm hopeful for a continued life for Legends, and it's it's just a cool new part of uh, the sucker punch sort of focus right now. I'm I'm really digging it. Uh, Getting about the hottest online game right now, PlayStation Destruction All Stars, of course, the game we all played for one night and then uninstalled. They did add a big update this July uh, that was supposed to make a lot of improvements. So I actually am going to go back to it uh, soon. But uh, yeah, that unfortunately, I don't think had quite the impact they probably wanted. 
Moving on from the Ghost of Tsushima news, uh, excited to jump into the new Legends content and, of course, the Iki Island expansion when that comes out later in August. I uh, do want to get to a pair of delays, one rumored, one con- confirmed uh, by the developers. Let's start with the rumored or reported one first. Uh, late last week, uh, sort of following up on something we've kind of talked about the show that we feel is inevitability, Uh Bloomberg reported, uh, following up on a report from uh, GamesBeat as well, uh, I believe, uh, that Horizon Forbidden West was being delayed out of a planned or expected, anticipated, hoped for holiday 2021 release date uh, to a alleged Q1 2022 release date. Uh, PlayStation hasn't confirmed this yet uh, as of recording. Usually the way this goes, they'll confirm it after we record, uh, so please feel free to laugh at us in the comments if that happens. But right now, um, we're, we're still waiting for any sort of confirmation on that. Uh, previously, uh, Herman Holst had said it, back in June that uh, Horizon Forbidden West was on track to release this holiday season, uh, but didn't actually confirm a exact release date or release window for a holiday, uh, so we didn't have any sort of release month or anything. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you on this one, uh, especially as we've had you on for so much of our Horizon Forbidden West coverage. Uh, I don't think a delay, if and when it finally, you know, is confirmed, if if it ends up being confirmed, would be surprising in the slightest, uh, based on sort of the uh, reticence of PlayStation (laughs) to confirm a release date. But what about you? Yeah, uh, at this point, you can kind of start seeing the writing on the walls when it comes to games like this. Uh, I remember when God of War was announced and it said 2021. I don't know how many people actually believed that. I, I think at first we were all very hopeful. And then as you went and they kept having conferences and they never mentioned God of War, we still don't even know what the new game's called. There was that investor call where they called it God of War Ragnarok, but that's that's they've since said that that's not technically the name. Not not that that's not the name, but that that was not them announcing the name. Um, and so you kind of were expecting, you're like, all right, this game's not coming out in 2021. And then sure enough, it's like, yeah, this game's not coming out. And so it's kind of the same thing with Horizon is we were like, is it going to actually hit this year? Um, And they did this big state of play and you're like, all right, the game looks it's looking good. Um, But then I don't know. There's just still so, so much about it when they ended this press conference. And remember, we said this in our post show, the fact that they still didn't say release date. They just said holiday 2021. I'm like, but you're like. This is this was your blowout for the game. And this is you guys saying it's like it's ready to go. The fact that you can't put a date on it was super surprising. And it kind of just put the nail in the coffin that it's like this probably isn't going to be. So so when the reports started happening, they're almost certainly true. When you hear all of these notable people hearing the same things. Sony's just trying to find a way to announce it, you know, and it'll usually come with something good. It'll be like, you know, we're going to do a big showcase and here's all this really cool stuff. And then Horizon, here's a new cool trailer. And then at the end, it'll just say, you know, February 2022 or something like that. And that'll be their way there. I, I, I'm not sure if you're going to get a blog roll po- or a blog post that's just going to say it's delayed. I think they're going to kind of sneak it in there somewhere. Uh, that being said, 2022 is shaping up to be a really, really, really good year for video games in general, but especially for PlayStation, if these games hit 2022, which they probably will. 
Yeah, a, a year with both Horizon and a new God of War is not a bad year for PlayStation players on top of whatever else is going to be on the way. Stuff like Ghostwire Tokyo and mm-hmm. uh, indies like Stray. It's it's going to be a very good year if Horizon gets pushed, which I, I think we're all expecting it to, to happen at this point. As you said, it's just sort of waiting for the official reveal of that. Um, you, you know, Horizon 1 launched in February uh, of 2017 mm-hmm. and was a massive success. So I don't really think PlayStation is probably worried about the timing in terms of like the success of Forbidden West. I, I think it really will come down to what the team feels is feasible, you know, to be able to accomplish to get past that finish line. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to try to push this one out for the holiday if it doesn't make sense to. Um, Tom, I, I see your 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 hands are a little bit by your head. Is that just resting, or are you, are you in a thought process? I, of- I just am imagining a world. I I I agree with everything Mark said. I this doesn't surprise me, and it also is like not the end of the world if they need more time on it. The pandemic affected everybody in ways that are very unseen, and I'm sure that this has something to do with that as well. Uh, the thing I was smiling about was I just at this moment pieced together that we now might live in a world where horizon one came out right next to breath of the wild mm-hmm. one and then horizon two is going to come out right next to breath of the wild two and like man that's rough <laughs> <laughs> that would be if incredible. that ends up happening obviously that would require a lot of different things but like timing wise that could be what we're heading towards <laughs> that yeah that would be an amazing hilarious uh coincidence i feel like it's probably not going to happen i like I don't. I don't I, think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I I would expect Horizon toward the beginning of the year and Breath of the Wild to, if it does happen next year, which like even their wording, like the wording for Horizon on the PlayStation right. set has been loose. Like I could see that slipping to twenty twenty three. Sure, uh, but it it would be really funny if like the week Horizon comes out, they're like, by the way, here's the title of the next Zelda. Um, <laughs> it it would be amusing if these games just never could live outside each other's shadow. Uh, I, I can sort of I can see them being in the same year. But I, I, yeah. I personally don't expect the next Breath of the Wild until fall, it, it, sure. at the earliest of 2022, because I still firmly believe, not to get all NVC, but I still firmly believe that there is a new Switch and that that new Switch is going to launch alongside the new Zelda. And we won't see that new Switch until, until, uh, until 2022. I'm not talking about well, the OLED. I'm talking about the Switch Pro. Well, of course. And well, welcome to Nintendo voice chat where we're <laughs> going to be diving into the latest Nintendo Switch rumors. Uh, but no, uh, I, I am just to bring it back to Horizon. I, I think, you know, in the same way that the God of War uh, delay announcement when they said it wasn't going to come in 2021, really put the emphasis on like, hey, we want to make sure we can make this game and uh, make sure we're we're caring for the health of our developers who, yeah, there's obviously still a ton of remote work happening these development teams, which is normally not the way, you know, a lot of these big AAA games have operated. So yeah, uh, and, they're still working through a lot of stuff. Go ahead. And especially after last year where you had a th- this is the weird thing about how the pandemic has affected game development and game releases and delays from major studios in my mind is like last year you had a lot of games that were got delayed but were so close to their release date that they felt they still needed to come out, right? And they had to come out because of investor pressure or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. There was, I'm sure there were dozens of reasons. But then you had these high profile like disasters of launches like Avengers, which was a buggy mess. Like I in my review of Avengers, I was like, this is one of the most buggy AAA games I've played in a release in a long time. 
And then a couple months later, <laughs> he played Cyberpunk one up it, right? And so you had you had these games that were like very clearly probably like needed more time, probably because of stuff we didn't hear about with pandemic stuff, or like this kind of last minute polish that usually happens in that time was uh, affected badly by that. And now we're going into the year where games are getting pushed because developers are looking at those late 2020 releases as cautionary tales and saying, we're still being affected by this work from home stuff. We're still being Mm -hmm. affected by this pandemic. So let's just not do what happened there and let's take the time we need because the writing is much more clearly on the wall now in terms of what will happen if you ignore those signs. Um, so I think that's some of kind of the behind the scenes stuff. This is speculation, but I think a of lot course, of that is yeah. is is what's leading into stuff like this is just like sort of unseen issues that are coming up that they just need the extra time. And I don't blame them. And it's also, I agree, not entirely a surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a miracle that games with hundreds of people making them sometimes thousands in the cases of things like uh, Assassin's Creed or other Ubisoft games, uh, that they come together at all in a publishable state is incredible with, with how right. many moving hands are in there. And so, yeah, the the way the, the development pipeline has to have been demonstrably affected by everyone being remote, uh, just the different processes and the things that have been adopted, even like no matter the point a game was in development when that all first hit they're still being impacted and affected by that. So it's it's something that like I completely sympathize with them having to figure out the right way to message this as well, um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is not an easy thing to do. But like for everyone out there, please, please like keep in mind just all the crazy things that are happening around development right now and, and how difficult that is in a normal situation, let alone right now. So um, yeah. I'm hoping uh, the team can take the time they need to if uh, and when this delay gets announced. Uh, and as I joked on Twitter, when this report first happened, I'm still working my way through games from last year at this point. Like I've got plenty <laughs> to play. I am okay. If this fall is not including a uh, horizon forbidden West, you know? Um, but Taylor, where, where, where do you fall in the horizon franchise? I actually don't know your, your history with it. Yeah. I played the first one in 2018 and I really enjoyed it. Then I played it again, uh, on PS4 right before the PS5 came out. Uh, I liked it. It was, it was definitely uh, different. I, I didn't know what I was expecting going in, but I was actually really impressed with the gameplay. I really liked the story. I was really excited that a sequel was announced. Uh, but yeah, I, I, when they said it was still coming out in 2021 and they had that showcase and they didn't even say when forbidden West was coming out. I was just, I was wondering, I was like, is it really going to come out in 2021 or are they just saying that it's like a, like a safety net? So in the event that they have to delay it into next year, which I feel is really plausible. And I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen that, you know, I, and I was just thinking about it too. I mean, looking at the rest of the year, I'm, I'm just, I was wondering, I was like, where could they release this and not, and not have to compete with like multiple other different, like high profile games. I feel honestly, I feel like a 2020 release honestly would probably be in the best interest but i also am not worried that regardless of when it releases it'll still sell well i mean it's a sequel everyone loved the first game it has that reputation so it has that brand behind it but again at some point we kind of get it need to get like more of a firm release date if it's not a 2021 release date at least tell us like q1 2022 or something but yeah it's I, i'm just curious to know when this game is coming out but uh, the pandemic all this stuff so who knows what's going on I, I i'm not in game development but i'm curious to see what sony will say in the coming weeks or months about forbidden west because that's really what people are 
anticipating for them to say like, okay, here's when it's coming out. Yeah. Uh, speaking to that and, and Mark, what you were saying before, it's like, we got this really big showcase for it. So like we've seen gameplay, whereas God of War is still, we don't even have the full game, the game name yet at this point. We are still, that is so many mysteries on top of mysteries. Corey Barlock, of course, jokingly on Twitter just says he's never heard of the game at all. So mm-hmm. like, God of War to me is just so much more ephemeral than Horizon where it is. We, we have this, you know, 15 minute gameplay chunk, uh, I, I, I and, and several other people have interviewed the developers about its development. Um, like there, there are tangible things we can point to about this game. And so, yeah, I think they need to eventually oh. just kind of, you know, rip the bandaid off, reveal when this is happening. Uh, the reports have been saying possibly some sort of September event where they would confirm this. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I expect probably within the next month or two, we'll at least get a trailer. If not, at least just confirmation of this, uh, delay. but we'll have to I, I wait don't... for that. Yeah, if I may, I don't disagree about with any of that. But at the same time, you do got to remember, like, I don't think this is the case with Forbidden West. I genuinely don't. But like, we've seen vertical slice 10, 15 minute demos of games like, you know, Anthem that then reports came out later that said, oh, yeah, that was all smoke and mirrors. We developed that specifically to be shown Mm -hmm. off. Right. So, like, I again, I don't think that's necessarily the case with what we've seen of Forbidden West. but. There have been instances where we've seen games that look like they're done that apparently have barely even begun proper development. So it's really hard to tell what's actually happening behind the scenes. Well, and especially for something like this, again, not saying that this is real, but, uh, um, you know, when you get a gameplay slice like this where every, every, you know... Everything happens in this 15 minutes. Like you just saw a San Francisco landmark right there at uh, Lombard Street. And like it shows the underwater. It shows her fighting humans. It shows her fighting the big creatures and then riding something. It's like it's a very curated. This is the most gameplay in, in 15 minutes we can shove in. Obviously, not every moment of this game is going to be like this new element. Um, I I. I, I definitely don't have that worry. This game's been in development a long time. You know, the original Horizon came out early 2017, and then Frozen Wilds came out late 2017. I think it yes. came out the same yeah. year. Yeah, I think and, it was September or so. Yeah, right. And so, and that was, you know, that was that game was built fresh from the ground up, and this is just taking, you know, what made that game great and building upon it. Um, but it's been in development a while. I definitely think it's there. Um, but we, you know, we're going to talk about Kino right now. And it's like, it, I'm wondering if it's finally getting to that point where studios are saying like, we can't keep this whole crunch thing going. And if it means instead of working 80 hour weeks for a month, we have to go and stay with 40 hour weeks for two months. I, it, it seems like a lot of studios are just making that choice. Cause I, I have a list here, like outriders returnal, New World, I guess New World twice, Deathloop, a bunch of Ubisoft games, and now Kina, Back for Blood. All of these are delayed, but they're delayed like not that long, you know? And so if Horizon gets delayed and it comes out in February, that's probably only like a two-month delay. So that's that's not a lot. That's just enough to make it where they don't have to crunch, hopefully. Yeah, it it's obviously something that um you know, I, I think the, the crunch conversation has become more and more of, of a, a uh, important thing to keep in mind for, for these development beats and especially for these delays. Uh, obviously, it's you can only take certain things at face value and, and something like a official company statement from 
Herman or even, you know, a uh, press release statement about God of War being delayed and wanting them to keep in mind the uh, the mental health and, and the safety of their developers is part of the reason for these delays. Obviously, you can you have to take some things at face value, but like it's good that that stuff is just in there at all. Like the fact that that is becoming part of the reason they are saying they are delaying a game and and knowing at least some of the people who are behind these games and and the way they care about the products and the teams they work with i i hope does translate to as you're saying like the ability for them to push things past the finish line at a reasonable pace and not oh we need to get this thing out in november to hit you know a q4 end of year sales thing like horizon can still sell very well in the beginning of next year gives the developers more time gives us more time to catch up on our backlogs. I am I am hopeful that at whatever point it comes out, it uh, is at a pace that makes sense for the developers. Um, and speaking of that, as you were saying, Mark, uh, yes, uh, we did get word officially that Canterbridge of Spirits is delayed uh, just by about a month uh, to the end of September. Uh, it was originally going to come out in the end of August, but it is now hitting on September 21st. Uh, the developers at Ember Lab said this was specifically to polish the game across all platforms. Uh, it's coming to PS4, PS5, and PC, so they're probably just wanting to make sure it's running smoothly and well across all those platforms. This is a... Uh, a small team. This is their first game as a studio. Uh, I can understand them wanting to take the time to polish it. Uh, as you were saying, like I'm more than happy to wait a month for them to be able to do so. Uh, it puts it at a little bit of a somewhat quieter time. Weirdly, the end of August is is quite busy. Tom, I know we've talked about this on the review side, like looking ahead to everything happening reviews wise. Right next to Gamescom, the end of August is really busy. So I'm kind of happy yeah. that can gets a little more breathing. Yeah, uh, something we talked about previously also is, is like, you know, it's right next to that it was going to be right next to Psychonauts 2. And they're obviously very different games, but very similar in terms of like the the type of game I'm in the mood to play at that given moment. Right. The sort of 3D action platformer with a story sort of thing. Um, so uh, this is a little bit disappointing that it's getting pushed by a month, but absolutely just not. I, I don't blame them. I'm happy to have them take the extra time. and. I'm happy to be able to play Psychonauts before this rather than (laughs) during it. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, I I think it'll be great for them to have that little bit of wiggle room. I'll double check the release schedule, but yeah, right now on the PlayStation side, the only really, really big thing at the end of September is uh, the Death Stranding Director's Cut. Uh, Deathloop will be a little bit earlier in September. I don't think either of those games are really competing with the Kena like crowd of of interest. They are definitely quite yeah. different games, the the trio of them, uh, which I'll be playing all three of them. Uh, but uh, Taylor, what about you? What, what is your sort of excitement level for Kena? I know we've talked a little bit about it like off the show, you know, on Slack and everything, but w- where are you, your excitement levels for it? Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. It first off, when I saw it, it looked amazing. I was a little worried about whether how I was going to split the time, just like Tom, because you know, Psychonauts Two is coming out. I've been really excited to you know play that game. It's been over 15 years, and we're finally getting the sequel for that. But then this, you know, this new game is coming out on PlayStation Five and other consoles and platforms. But you know, I'm glad that they're taking the time to just like polish it up a little bit, make sure all those versions are running good. I don't know. It always makes me sad whenever I play a game and they're like, oh yeah, well, there's a certain version of it that doesn't run as well as the other versions. And even if I'm lucky enough to pick the one that's, you know, optimized better, it still always, uh, you know, sucks to hear when people are saying like, oh yeah, I'm having issues with playing this game or things like that. So I'm glad that the team is taking the time. This is their first game, as you mentioned, 
I'm really excited to play it. It looks beautiful. I, I'm curious to know how uh, how they're going to take advantage of the DualSense because I will be playing it on PS5. <laughs> but I'm also just curious just to know in general, like how the game is just going to just be overall. It has so much just like interesting combat. Just I'm, I'm emotionally invested in just everything about it. Mostly the story, just because it looks like there's a lot going for it in terms of like world building and things like that. But yeah, I am happy to wait just a little bit more just to play this game. It gives me a little bit more breathing room and <laughs> gives me a lot more time to play other games because, you know, it's coming out at the end of September. So by then I'll probably be playing Deathloop, finishing that. I'll probably go and play Death Stranding because I haven't played that yet. So please don't hate on me for not playing that game yet. But <laughs> so... Uh, well, that that one will take you quite some time. So yeah, may, maybe start Kana before you you jump into Death because you've got. You'll, <laughs> That's a good point. You'll have a lot know. of roads to pave. Before. I would say uh, Kana looks like a nice little uh, breather game between Death Stranding sessions. Maybe <laughs> given that the uh, like a palate cleanser. Different. That's yeah, true. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the tone and vibe of these games looks very different. No, they're actually weirdly similar. Uh, let, me, <laughs> let me tell you all the way. No, um, I, I'm I'm actually really excited to jump back into Death Stranding, but that'll be a conversation for later in September. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what about you? Where, where are you on the the Kana versus Death Stranding divide? That's I'm, splitting I'm, the I'm, fan base. I'm here to talk about Death Stranding. Yeah, so um, <laughs> August actually doesn't really have a lot of things that I'm actually really excited for. Kana was kind of the thing. Uh, I am excited for that game. Twelve minutes on Xbox and PC. <gasps> Um, so that'll, that'll, that'll be there. But, uh, for the most part, there's not a whole lot this month that I'm really excited for. Maybe lawnmower simulator. That could be cool. Um, but, uh, I, I'm not, I, I don't know anything about psychonauts. And so I, I, I won't be playing the second one, but, uh, September. Yeah. Uh, I really do want to play of the two director's cuts we're getting ghost of Tsushima and death stranding. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is the one I'm least excited to play. I the DLC looks cool, but I don't think I'll be replaying the whole game. Where Death Stranding, I I do envision I will play the entire game over again because I love that game and I, I've been wanting to play it. So the fact that it's getting re released is great. Um, yeah, Death Loop, WarioWare, um, something we won't classic talk PlayStation about games. <laughs> talking about like games that keep I know, like I know, competing I know. with that I that will be competing with my time to 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 go on. Uh, New World just got delayed to to September twenty eighth. So like September is actually shaping up to be a really really busy month for for yeah, for the Mark Medinas of the world. So <laughs> well, um, for everyone, I think. But yeah, <laughs> there's only it, I no, know of one other Mark Medina, and he's a sports guy. He's a sportscaster in uh in the Bay Area, and I'll get tweets huh. and like, so what do you think of the Lakers? And I'm like bro you got the wrong guy <laughs> me and him have actually talked i'm like i'm like yeah he's like yeah i get video game stuff oh loved you on beyond or loved you on unlocked and he's like what what are these things couldn't be you more guys should really you should meet up sometime we I, should like, start our own podcast that would be great uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh medina yeah. square mark medina square yeah, <laughs> yeah. i i think uh i th i think the fall season overall is starting there i know september's still kind of summer but it's like that's that's kind of the on ramp into the fall season, and I think it's starting to piece itself together. Um, and I, I think it's fun. I think there's going to be a lot of games for people to play. Kena looks amazing, but it also doesn't look super long. So I I think that's something you could probably bang out in a weekend. Short games are great, uh, but yeah, I'm finally as as speaking back to what you're saying, Mark. I'm just glad Kojima's finally getting to create his vision of Death Stranding after he was hampered uh, previously. <laughs> 
This is a rabbit um, hole we don't need to go down right now. <laughs> hey, I am making that joke as someone who really, really enjoyed Death Stranding and can't wait actually to go back to it. My, um, my favorite thing is that he eventually was like, yeah, that's a dumb name. The first <laughs> game was my director's cut. Like, it's, it's 100% just marketing. I'm going to absolutely play whatever the, you know, racing uh, sim part of that game is now. Uh, I'm it's very excited for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting, but, uh, either way, uh, excited and, and hopeful to see whatever the Ember Lab team puts together with, uh, the final Bridge of Spirits, which is a little further off, but I'm, I'm very excited to jump into that one. Uh, helping to also piece together both the fall and looking a little bit ahead to next year. We did also get a few other release dates that I want to briefly mention. Uh, the Annapurna Interactive Showcase, the first one they've ever done, uh, debuted end of last week. And uh, we got news that Solar Ash, which is, uh, as far as I know right now, a PlayStation platform exclusive, is coming October 26th for PS4, PS5, and PC. Uh, this is the game from the Hyperlight Drifter uh, studio uh, that we've seen a few times at PlayStation showcases previously. Uh, and then, unfortunately, Stray, the cat game, is not coming until 2022. I believe we were hoping it was going to hit in 2021, but alas, uh, we will have to play that adorable journey next year. Uh, I'm excited for both of these, though. Uh, We do also know that Outer Wilds DLC is coming later this year as well, and Tom, I know you are an Outer Wilds evangelist. Do you you want to briefly jump in before I... Uh, uh, cover the other games. Sure. I mean, this is incredibly Outer Wild. If you haven't played the Outer Wilds yet, it's so good. It is just one of the best adventure games, and I mean adventure in the like classic sort of story based adventure games I've ever played. Um, I know a lot of people get turned off of it because of its flight. It's like flying controls. If you are one of those people, I would highly recommend it again because the controls are tricky, but once you get a handle of them, it doesn't take really too long to get a little more comfy for them with them and realize it that like dying is part of it. So like dying a few times while you're getting your bearings doesn't mean anything in terms of progress or like, anyway, the point being the fact that they're doing DLC for this game is incredibly surprising. The way that they're implementing it in the trailer that they put out looks really, really cool. Um, they're into just integrating it as if it was always part of the world. So if you are coming back to it, you can kind of go directly to it. And if you've never played, you can, uh, like, it'll just be a seamless part of it. And yeah, this game, there's just very little, there's very little like Outer Wilds that exists in games. And I think that is so valuable. So to get more of that is just super exciting. I also want to throw in that the ship does have an autopilot, but sometimes it betrays you. Yeah, it will fly you directly <laughs> into the sun. It. it is a straight sometimes line autopilot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's like it's it's got autopilot if you're like, okay, I see the thing, but if there's anything in between you, it'll just crash right well, in. Like, it. It's like Tesla's just running stop signs. But that's the <laughs> thing. Like a lot of some people might see that as like a bad thing, but like to me, like the first time that I hit the autopilot and it got me a little too close to the sun and the gravity just pulled me in and burned me alive, mm-hmm. I was like that's amazing. Like that was like a great story to me. Right. Because then you just know not to make that mistake again and you do it and you just keep going. Like, I don't know. That was, that was always a feature, not a bug in my mind. (laughs) Uh, I played about, I want to say two or three hours when uh, outer wilds first came out. I believe it it, on consoles, it started with Xbox and I really, really enjoyed my time with it. And then just, I felt like I had to really be in a, I guess, existential mood to play it. That's Um, fair. 
Like I really <laughs> needed to think about my place in the universe and, and the meaning of life and death. And so I just kind of stopped thinking about that for a little bit because I got very you know stressed about all the things happening in the world. Uh, but I, I do really want to get back to it. Everything I've heard from people who play it is just like pure adoration and love uh, for how unique of a game it is. Well, yeah, it's also so. a very relaxing game, but at the same time, pretty complex. Some of those puzzles are kind of tough, but yeah. it's also a fun, you know, just like you, you can play it in a relaxing mode, but like this game's got it all. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, that DLC is coming out later this year, I believe. Uh, Stray coming in 2022. Not a ton to say about that, uh, except we finally got a little bit more gameplay of you jumping around as the cat. I love that you're jumping around as the cat. <laughs> and the cat, you know, scratches up the couch, uh, is behaving like a cat in pretty much every way it possibly could. I thought this was uh, an adorable slice of gameplay, and I, I can understand why the 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 cat hype continues to build for this game. Uh, Taylor, I don't know if, if you got a chance to check out the the full uh, Annapurna showcase, but was anything uh, of those three or, or anything else from the show stand out for you? From what they showed off oh no the, it was it was definitely stray i <laughs> i wanted to see more of the cute cat with a backpack it was adorable i i was i was telling uh this person i'm dating how excited i was for the game i was like you play as a cat and i'm not talking about like an anthropomorphic cat like links the time sweeper or something like you're playing as an actual cat who acts like a cat you walk around as this cute little cat it's it's adorable i'm so excited I will still patiently keep waiting for this. Uh, but, you know, if they want to just slide the, the release date for next year my way, like a firm one, not just like a mm. launch, like a like a window, you know, <laughs> I, I'd be happy. Build up my hype a little bit more, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just excited to play it. I, I enjoy games like this where it, it seems like it'll be mundane, but it's far from it. And I, I'm just excited to just play as a cat, you know, because this is the closest thing that you can get to being an animal with not a whole lot of stress, not have to worry about things like taxes and bills. So <laughs> games like this allow me to escape in that way. <laughs> that is, un unless you're playing a tax simulator, which I'm sure exists. Mark, you, you have a, a cornered the market on simulators. I'm sure you can tell me if there's ever a, a tax filing <laughs> simulator. But oh, um... <laughs> That's just doing your taxes. There was this other yeah, cat game uh, that existed. I, I, I feel like it was like pretty big and like indie itchio kind of world where you just like run around a room and you just like you're swiping everything off the tables. That so far is the best cat game. That's the game to beat. So we'll see if uh, the game... we'll see if Stray can uh, make it happen. The game whose name you can't remember is the game. Yeah, for I, can't, I can't remember. What it's called. <laughs> it's so high, can't even remember the game's name. It's so it's so good. You just run around a room and you just swipe things. And you just hit everything off the table like a cat would. So I mean, yeah, I sounds... know the audience. The audience knows what I'm talking about, and like they know. That's the game to beat. They know. Uh, that's what matters. Yeah. Uh, I might not know, but they know. <laughs> uh, well, based on what we've seen, I have confidence. Stray might be able to live up to that game that you all know, the game that we're talking about, that game. We don't even that need we, to say That we don't know. That we, we don't but know. You but you know. You know. Uh, but yeah, very excited for that one. Excited for Solar Ash. Uh, hoping to see more of that one soon. Uh, but for now, want to move on from there. Briefly wanted to mention, uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, Team Asobi, the Astros Playroom devs, uh, are teasing sort of their most ambitious game yet. Uh, they've put up an official website now that they are an official team within PlayStation uh, due to the Japan Studio closures and restructurings that happened. Um, obviously, Astros Playroom was a huge success, uh, and so just wanted to mention we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on, on what they're up to following. Uh, we don't quite know what it is yet. I hope and assume it's more Astros. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I hope we actually get to see 
as silly as this is, smaller games from them. Like, I don't need them to make a 40-hour Astros game. I want a, a cool new Astro game from them every couple of years. That's just mm-hmm. fun and happy and delightful. Um, it's yeah. Still, it's still like the bellwether for, like, ingenuity with the, the DualSense as well. So I'm fully excited to see what that team can come up with, especially now that there's a little more structure around what they are as a team within Sony, uh, sort of probably, I imagine, a little bit on the development side, they, they've got a little bit more support as the team now over there in Japan. Uh, but I'm excited to see whatever they do next. We don't really have too much detail, but I love Astros. And now uh, the GPU song is stuck in my head now that I've just been thinking about that game for a few minutes. <laughs> mm. um, I did want to move, though, briefly to just mention uh, something that came up end of last week as well. Uh, the PS5 system update beta has been introduced, and so this is a uh, beta update that not all players of a PlayStation 5 have access to currently, uh, but it is new sort of system changes and UI updates. Uh, these include the ability to add 3D audio via your TV speakers rather than needing just headsets uh, that have 3D audio capabilities. Uh, there is also, of course, uh, some major SSD developments that I want to get to in a second, but also the ability uh, to track your trophies and, and things have changed slightly. Uh, I've gotten to mess around a bit with the UI and thankfully uh, the, the beta version of it presents trophies as, as silly as it changes. This is it is a major one for trophy hunters like me. Uh, things are now back in a easily accessible vertical list rather than a horizontal list. And my God, does that make a huge change? I don't know why. That's not silly at all. I uh, (laughs) when I was looking over the beta stuff, I was just like, oh, thank God, because I'm sorry. I love PlayStation like I I play everything on PlayStation. But my God, the cards are awful. I hate them and I need them gone. And I guess like the tips ones are fine. But the cards being in the trophies is it's just a mess having to go to your trophies and then like sort by not earned and then actually having to like go into the trip. Like it's a mess. They, they need to go back to how it was on PS4. And it sounds like they're kind of moving back in that direction. Cause I'm the same as you, when I was doing rift apart, the, the amount of steps it takes to have to go and see what trophies you need. Um, it, it's just a nightmare. And the fact that the game's going to, the fact that it's going to have tracking on now is awesome. So that way, like my last ripped apart trophy was like get headshots with that one gun or whatever. That it was that one. I can't remember. Anyways, it's, it's yeah, I know. I know which one you're talking. I know was, exactly which trophy you're talking about. It was the As one, someone who platinum the game. It was the one everyone did last because it like sucked. No, it was the one where you, 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 you absorb talking the about things. the void repulsor one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. God, I hated that trophy. And I'm like, I, I did the, the pirate stuff so many times and my, I, I'm not seeing when it's happening. Uh, you only have to do it like 10 times. I did it like probably a thousand. Um, so it'd be nice to be able to see the tracking on that. I, I almost gave up. I was, that was my last trophy and I almost was just like, you know what, what am I doing with my life? I'm done with this. (laughs) So that'll make it a little bit easier to know that I'm wasting my life instead of just assume I'm wasting my life. Yeah. It's, it's very, um, specific and planned for time waste. Uh, but no, yeah, basically the, the way the tracking currently works, um, for, for some of the games I've been messing around with it is that essentially you can, uh, uh, sort of pin the five up to five trophies per game that you want to really be focusing on at a time. You can switch those out at any point, but you can kind of surface those so that like when you are going to check on trophies, that stuff's what surfaces first on like the card system and whatnot. So you know that if those are the trophies you want to be getting, you can see those right away. Uh, the the list so far is much more navigable um, 
it's it's better overall right now uh and even though it's just a change to kind of how the ps4 worked i'm pretty happy with it but uh one of the major updates to this with the beta is the addition of uh is it i i don't know this is going to just expose how how uh bad i am with technology uh whether it's m.2 or m period two who's to say but uh m.2 ssd support is m. being added it is. I <laughs> thought so. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, as M. the associate is... tech editor here, I can tell you it's, it's M.2. I appreciate M. that because in my head, I was like, I don't ever really say dot unless it's a dot com and this is not a website URL, but you know, I'm going to go with it. Uh, anyway, M.2 SSD support is being added uh, via system software update for beta users currently, so not everyone wide. Uh, but this is something that, Taylor, I know you've been tracking quite a bit. Uh, we've been having sort of coverage of like the best options currently, uh, you know, for commercial SSDs that are supposed to be available, but, uh, sort of from your view, what is, what has the, uh, opening of the SSD floodgates been like for PlayStation with this functionality finally being added, at least even in beta form? Well, for one thing, there's definitely a lot of chaos. I remember the first 24 hours, there was a lot of panic of people freaking out about the SSDs. And I was, uh, my first guess was wondering, I was like, wait, how many of these people have access to the beta? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't think this many people should be worrying this much. But, you know, I, I felt a lot of people were intimidated. You know, they gave us a, a list of, you know, requirements, or I should say recommendations of what these SSDs should have. And, you know, but of course, a lot of people probably don't really look at those type of specifications, especially like, you know, when you think about previous times, even like using Xbox as an example, because of the Seagate expansion card and kind of how they streamlined the SSD expansion. But, you know, the, there's just been a lot of, I've seen a lot of misinformation and a lot of people having discourse on how Sony and even Xbox has been approaching SSDs. And I, you know, I personally like both ways. Uh, maybe it's because I build PCs, so I'm totally fine with just slacking in just a third-party SSD in my PS5 and knowing I'm not going to break it. But, you know, there, there's been a lot of, like, discourse of people saying, oh, do, I don't think I really need this heatsink, or oh, I'm going to wait till Sony just drops a full list of SSDs. I was like, I don't think Sony is going to do that. If anything, you're going to see lists from, like, companies doing it. But, you know, what's great about this is, like, in, in the next, like, year, <laughs> once uh, new SSDs come out, there's going to be, you know, these companies are going to say, oh, yeah, this is this is made for the PS5. This is PS5 ready, similar to what they did with HDMI 2.1 TVs, where they just started marketing saying, yes, this will work with your your new RTX 30 card if you got one of those. Or if you got the new next gen consoles, it'll work with that. But, you know, I've been keeping tabs on just on what kind of ssds will work with that uh i've had some people kind of replying to me on twitter one person almost uh, bought a ssd and i was like oh don't buy that one because that's a gen 3 P pcie gen 3 ssd you, it needs to be a gen 4 sony said so i don't make the rules <laughs> but you know I, i've seen the verge has done some pretty good coverage as well i they did a test today where the, they did a the sequential read uh recommends that sony recommends is i believe it was like fifth like like five thousand five hundred something like that mm -hmm. but they did one that was way below the recommendation level and they were they, they reported they said oh yeah the load times for they did i think they were uh transferring the game file for ratchet and clank and they said it was the same for another ssd they used that had more of like the recommended specs that sony like asked for but 
I think if you have access to the firmware beta and you're totally fine with opening up your PS5, I, <laughs> I know it's scary. We've all saw that tear. I, I, most of us probably have seen that tear down. But I, the, what, what I'm thinking is I, I feel that we'll probably have a better grip of what SSDs will work by the time the, the update rolls out. So I feel the people who might be trying to panic buy a Seagate Fire Cuda, like the latest SSD for that, or things like that, I think they just, just let's just take a step back and just like <laughs> pause for a second. But also, people are now starting to realize that M.2 SSDs, those are not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I was like, if there's one thing that I also kind of take away with that is that I was like, a lot of people have not built PCs because I, I've always been just like, yeah, these things are just so expensive. But I'm, I'm kind of glad that Sony is taking this approach because hopefully they'll be a little bit more affordable down the road. Like obviously not in the next year. That's just an unrealistic expectation. But if that did happen, I wouldn't complain. But you know, in the next few years, it'll be like more affordable. I'm excited. I I feel that it's actually great to for them to do this. I mean, I think I know that people are freaking out because you have to open up your PS5 and then install this and the directions and just like everything can be a little intimidating. But at the same time too, when I look back at the 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 comparison with like the Seagate expansion card for Xbox, yes, it streamlines everything and all you have to do is just plop it in on the back of the Xbox Series X or S and there you go. But again, it only comes in one terabyte. But Sony's like, oh, you could have up to four terabytes but I probably wouldn't recommend buying a four terabyte M.2 SSD because those cost a lot of money. So, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is, uh, it'll cost you a pretty hefty penny, but if you want to do that, that to each your own, but you know, I feel that there's a little bit more flexibility that there's a lot more options, even if there's a lot of people who still have no idea what they need to do, you know, in the next few years, there will be like SSDs that will streamline and be like, yeah, this will work on your PS5. But until then I will, continue to <laughs> do my best to try to <laughs> tell people like, Hey, okay. Yeah, this will work. Or if they have questions or if a company tells me, Hey Taylor, just wanted to just slide it in your inbox and just let you know, this SSD will work with your PS5 if you wanted to do that. But mm-hmm. I, I would love to just like test out a whole bunch of different M.2 SSD sites so for probably go pitch this to my manager, but <laughs> I, I think it would be really fun. But I, I definitely think that the people that are worrying, I don't think they should, panic that much i mean maybe panic a little bit about the prices but you know black friday's coming up soon so <laughs> just buy one on black friday or cyber monday i mean i bought an m.2 ssd like the what was it, the samsung 980 pro i saved like about a hundred over a hundred dollars on prime day just waiting for that but you know i i love that this is finally coming i just wish that it was a little bit more i can't even say streamlined because it, it's a beta so i wasn't even expecting it to be this clean cut but I just wish that there were, uh, I wish people that were worried about the SSDs to not worry so much. I think there's reason to stress, but at the end of the day, it's it's not that big of a deal. Eventually, companies will come out and start marketing these SSDs and say, hey, if this is what you want to use for your PS5, yeah, it'll work just fine. And and as you were saying, like, especially over time, uh, the fact that these are an open thing, competition will kind of lead to them really wanting to make sure they're marketing toward that audience, probably leading to you know, prices going down over time, obviously, as you're saying, things are really expensive mm-hmm. now, but it's, yeah, it, it's good that the floodgates are finally open. It is currently a, a small bit of the user base uh, that has access to this. And then even when it, it gets more open wide, I'm sure there will be a lot of questions, but uh, you and the team already, both on, on the tech side and the commerce side, have, have been doing a great job of, you know, giving people as many resources as possible to uh, kind of get as much information and and figure out the best way to 
open up your PS5 and, and pick the best option of, of a new SSD. So hopefully all of that goes well uh, as we continue to have that coverage, but people can go check that out on IGN. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to, I just want to add on really quick is like, there's two things for one, the PlayStation five is meant to be open. So it's not like you're, you know, you're breaking a warranty seal or anything like that. It is meant to be opened and should be no problem. I personally am doing a little bit of a wait and see approach only because my PS five has this bug. I, I think others do as well, where if it goes into sleep mode, it doesn't like to wake up. And then it tells me that it's, uh, it was turned off wrong. I've seen that turned off wrong screen so many times with my PlayStation five. So I eventually just turned that off because I'm terrified of breaking this thing because you just can't get them. I'd be a lot more. um, I'd be a lot more into trying stuff, experimental stuff like adding an SSD. If I knew that breaking my PS five meant, you know, best case scenario, Sony could replace it or worst case, I can just walk into a target and buy a new one. But seeing as if my PlayStation 5 broke right now, I'd have to steal Amanda's because I just wouldn't have one for probably months. Makes me very skittish about ever about wanting to touch it. It's it's in a very it's it's right there behind me. I don't know if I'm turning correctly, but it's right there. It's in a it's in a very open air. Nothing can nothing can uh, make it overheat. And uh, I am just I'm just I'm oh there we go. See it's perfect. Oh no! See, I'm always nope, opposite. It's, there you it's go. Perfect. It's right there. <laughs> Nothing touches it. It's hidden behind a tree, so nobody can even. Uh, nobody even knows it's there. Yeah, and, I don't uh, see a PlayStation at all. I just see it. Yeah, tree. yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, you know I hear um, that uh, some trees give off a sort of like pollen, though, that can get in the vents and break the. No, I'm just making that. Wait, up. even fake <laughs> Christmas trees from Target? Oh, Actually, yeah. specifically, specifically fake Christmas that trees from model Target. Yes. is breaking PS5. You cannot trust if, those Target trees. <laughs> if yeah. it's within two and a half feet of a PS5, it's toast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Target- I, I, I think it's totally fair to take the wait and see approach and make sure that uh, this thing... Uh, that it's safe and that but i definitely what taylor's saying is like look at look at ign and the verge and websites like that that are curating ssds for you to buy because i I think that's going to be your way to go because i don't think sony's going to recommend one because they don't make one so they're they're not going to i agree (laughs) yeah uh, it's i mean it's the same thing with uh oh i'm sorry no yeah it's the same thing with when everybody was trying to wonder like oh is my 4k tv gonna work with my my xbox that i was able to somehow pre-order like I, i don't remember seeing sony release a list Mm -hmm. of tv like maybe for their for their own tvs because they make their own tvs but you know with things like that like especially when sony doesn't even make its own ssds i would not be holding my breath for sony to release a full list of hey here's all these third-party ssds that'll work because my guess and only because i've had a couple companies tell me that they were doing this is that they're currently testing all the m.2 ssds that they have that fit the those requirements that they're asking for and then once they finalize that list they're gonna put it out probably like on a blog post or something on their, on a a direct website that they had like for their website and things like that and say, okay, if y'all want to update your M.2 SSD expansion on the PS5, these are the SSDs that we have that we offer. These are the configurations we have. They'll probably have ones with heat sinks because some of them do have heat sink options as well as like ones without the heat sink. Please buy the heat sink, by the way. Do not, I don't want your PS5 to overheat. Like, please buy. <laughs> I know some, I have seen people say, no, you really don't need that. I was like, I know y'all think you don't need it. And I know it costs a little bit more, but I promise you, please just buy the heat sink. Sony is even telling you to, recommending, I should say, to get the heat sink. Just get it, please. Just, Mark, just Mark Cerny. <laughs> 
He tweeted out which SSD mm-hmm. he got. So just get That's the, the one, one he get. got and you're yeah. fine. Well, he yeah. built, that he was invented the PlayStation 5. Just get the one he got. You're fine. I think <laughs> if you can come away with any lessons from this discussion, it's one, you know, take your time and, and learn which SSD to buy. Uh, keep an eye on everything, especially on IGN, for information on what to buy. And two, don't buy target trees and put them next to your PS5. Do not. They That's will the destroy your PlayStation. <laughs> The one thing Mark Cerny recommends against. He's like, this is the SSD I'm getting. Also, these trees are death. Yeah, it's wild that he subtweets Target all the time. But, you know, they are, they are a major retailer selling places. He does subtweet you a lot. Yeah, just I mean, everything in my room. He's just like, hmm, <laughs> all right. It's, it's just a thing between Marks, I suppose. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we're running a little bit short on time. So going to skip over um, what we've been playing this week. But hopefully can talk about some, some stuff we've been playing next week. I apologize, Tom, that I won't let you talk about Skyward Sword this week. I, it's, I I'm devastated, but it's fine. I I can imagine. Uh, but no, we'll we'll have plenty to talk about uh, the games that we've been playing in future weeks to come. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, do have to wrap up here. So Taylor, when we have you back next time, want to make sure to make time for your memory card story. Uh, so we'll definitely include that next time. But in the meantime, uh, this has been episode 712 of Podcast Beyond. Thank you, Mark Taylor and Tom, for joining me this week. Uh, you can uh, find all of us on Twitter. I'm at JM Dornbush. Mark is at Mark underscore Medina. Make sure you're adding the correct Mark and not the other Mark about sports or about Whatever. games. Make sure you have the right one. Uh, Taylor is at Tay Nixter and Tom is at Tom R. Marks. Uh, I believe I got all of those correct. I hope I didn't botch any of them, but if I did, Red will put them on the screen in the correct pronunciation <laughs> and writing. Uh, and as always, thank you to Red, our producer, for helping to make the show run. And thank you to everyone out there for watching and listening. We hope you're safe and we hope you're well. And as always, beyond. 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 If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.